I thought this is how doctors in Switzerland, you know, gave birth. Like, I thought this is how they operated. They gave With birth. The fucking uh, Swiss army knife. <laughs> okay, total truth here. Um, I had a friend, he used to work for um, the Red Cross in Afghanistan. And um, he was a surgeon. That sounds safe. Yeah, it was great. So it was, he was working there when the Russians invaded. It was, it was pretty fucked up. Shit, dude. And he said the only pocket knife that's valid for surgery is the Leatherman. <laughs> what? That's interesting. Because it's, you, can actually, you, you can actually clean it. It's, it's all steel. Oh, stainless steel. Ah, uh, yeah. And it doesn't have any of that plastic bullshit. So you can actually make it oh. clean enough. Sterilize yeah. it. Or Ster- sterilize it. That's the word. Thank they you. They need the bacteria because it creates the cheese and all. This is the X, Y, and Z podcast. I'm here today with my man, Dean Ira. Hey there. And Harry Fox. Good, uh, whatever it is. <laughs> my name is Christian Breaker. This is the X, Y, and Z podcast. Hello, hello. How's everyone? We're good, man. I'm good. I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm feeling like full of pizza and uh, weird <laughs> Harry's got the itis. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I itis might just when pass you out. Yeah. Should, pass we should out. not eat before episodes, I don't think. Probably not. Just do what I do. It gives it gives uh, it gives you that sense of privilege. You know, it's like fundamental privilege. Mm. My you, stomach is full. You um, ate a whole pizza, though. I'm here telling people my opinions. That <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's you should be in politics. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I am important because my <laughs> voice is being recorded. Pepperoni pizza and opinions. Yeah, microphones can give people a false sense of security that they're that their opinion actually is valid. Dude, when I'm at like a bar or something and I'm trying to tell a joke and people don't listen, I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Where's a mic? Give me a mic. Somebody, you have to listen, you know. It's such a false I'm spitting idea. gold you, here, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you get that where like people go, oh, you're a comedian and then like tell us a joke and you're ah, oh, seriously. And then you start to actually tell a joke. And they don't care. And then they fucking they interrupt. Yeah. And and there I get a conversation here exactly, and I've done that. I've said, "Listen, shut the fuck up! You're ruining the bit." <laughs> and then they're not going to laugh after that, dude. No, Trevor, Trevor Noah's got the best joke about it. He's like, he, oh, he was at the airport, like, oh, you're a comedian, you know, you're funny, man. Tell us a joke. He's like, oh, I packed them in the luggage. Like, uh, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I don't have them here. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. But I don't you know. know. It's the, it's the it's a chance for some localized glory. I can't. Just, I, I just I just go into roast mode. I find sometimes oh, I, yeah, I, I get I, I get told this. I, I, I'm being told jokes by oh, people. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone's a comedian yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, it's like, oh, you can use this. Yeah, it's like, uh, like they just gifted you something I funny. I won't. <laughs> like, uh, don't you hate it though when they're funnier and you're like, fuck. <laughs> um, it happens so rarely to me. Oh, sorry, Krishna. <laughs> Because they're all the funniest guys. Mm. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> well, actually. Yeah. No, it's, it, but sometimes like the, the jokes are so dad jokey or whatever. I'm just like, I'd rather kill myself. Like, why am I continuing this conversation? But they tell you a joke that's like an internet joke. You, everyone yeah. fucking knows. Oh, do you know how many people recount memes? Oh, yeah. It's oh, fucked God. Mm. Do you mm. know that's the same shit? That's why I left England. Because what used to happen when you, <laughs> when you have a job in England... Monday morning until lunchtime is spent like like basically doing a replay of all the soap operas that they watched over the weekend mm. and the football as well. But it's just like 
discussing a fucking soap opera and going blow by blow through what happened. <laughs> it, it just it just made me want to. It's, it's mind numbing. Leave the country. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, did you see EastEnders? Oh yeah. Fuck. Mm-hmm. It, and there was Coronation Street, and uh, I just uh, we God. had a we had a show called Sevdalan. 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 Like street number, that's lane seven, like street number seven. Okay. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Typical Afrikaans. You know, like when they have, like it's nighttime, but the candles are there and the, everything's like glowing out. It's like one of those. What do they call them in uh, Spain? What's like a soap opera in Spain? Uh, There's a word for it. Fuck. I forgot. Uh, I don't know. Somebody will know. They're they probably going to scream at the fucking podcast. I mean, all the All the Spanish and South American soap operas are, are, the, are the best. Of They're really good. They're really yeah, because it's just massive drama. Like So dramatic, man. I, I love what's happening right now with like Netflix that we get this stuff delivered to our house. So um, there is um, th- there is a bunch of like Spanish produced um, TV shows that mm. you can now watch on Netflix. Yeah. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah, finally we can experience international TV. There is um, there I'm a bit of a racist. I've got to, I've got to admit, because when I, when I see something on Netflix and I'm go, oh, this sounds really good, I start watching and then I see subtitles and I'm like, I'm done. You, no, 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 you're not racist. You're Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, I'm like, give it to me you, in my own fucking language. You know how many Asshole. times wow. so I work? <laughs> I work in, in in an Anglo-Saxon industry, <laughs> predominantly. Do you know how many times I have been asked about like we shall never send emails in German? Mm. What? Yeah, yeah. Because apparently our compliance department cannot read it and stuff like that. I, I'm so gonna get cancelled for this. Um, what is it? Does, so the clients com- <laughs> compliance department reads all your emails. Well, if something happens, they would. Yeah. So we're not supposed to write stuff yeah. in, in German. Yeah. But it's not just because of that. It's also because of uh, a certain. Mm, I I kind of understand it, and I kind of don't. So there is a certain obnoxiousness that goes with well. The global language is English, so therefore mm, everyone has I to agree fucking adhere I agree to with that completely. You do, one hundred percent. We should all be speaking English. Hey, look! If you guys won the war, we'd all speak in German. See, this this thing does not hold <laughs> at all. Do you know? I got a weird historical. <laughs> do you want a bit of historical fact? So the thing that actually Harry's history moment. Harry's history. I like that. Uh, Harry's hot history. <laughs> Okay, that's maybe, probably maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um the and I can't this is how bad I am at history. All I know is that there was a certain point in the US where the country was forming, they'd recently gained independence, and they voted on which language was going to be the national language. What language did they vote in? In uh, they vote I don't know what the <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> well, don't ask me. I yeah. have to answer to that question. Go on, Harry. But so they so like by something insane, like by two votes, they voted for English over, Whoa, Ger- over German. Okay. It was going to be German. And now fuck? I have a question for so you, There's so many Harry. German settlers. Now I have a question oh, for you. What is the national language of the United States? Uh, Texas. God damn. Well, I would have said English. But there is none. There is none. Officially. No, it's only de facto. I was uh, There is no official language yeah. of the United States. I saw the voting papers uh, for the first Donald Trump election sent here to an American friend. 
There's like six different languages on that. I was yeah. amazed. There's Mandarin, Spanish, fucking English, and all kinds. And I was like, this is awesome. Why don't we have something like this? We do. We do? I've never had anything in English here. No, because it's not... It, now, Switzerland does have an official language, actually four. Don't know that. So all of it comes in four official languages. Yeah, but why can't we just say all the languages? Well, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, because it costs money. It's not even it, it's not even that. There was a weird vote a few years ago. I think we hit on this before, um, where we were voting if English should become a national language yeah. because de facto Who they asking? again vote up and sell? Everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Fear. We always ask everyone. Fear. Fear. Yeah, but when you vote for that, you're voting to lose your identity as well. No, you just get ah, that's sucked. that's garbage. I don't think that's true. We're all headed one way, Mandarin. Coming. Have you started learning Mandarin? It's I actually tried learning a little bit. It's fascinating. I gave up. No, you shouldn't. Let's let's pick it up again. I have the books at home. Okay, you and I. The yeah. HIZ is going to now convert to Egg. Mandarin. Chicken chow fang. This is not racist. Actually, these are real words in Mandarin. So fuck you if you think that was. Uh, the accent just man. comes when I speak Swiss. I sound like an old man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that racist? No, because I'm white. Come on, define racism here, guys. Not me, it's you. <laughs> Harry, here, here's one um, Spanish TV show that I really want to point out to you to watch. It's actually based on a, a story by Jack London. Okay. Who, weirdly enough, comes from the United States. Um, <laughs> An Englishman in New York. <laughs> um, it's the Minions of Midas or um, Los Favoritos de Midas. Los Favoritos. Um, could you could you say that again a bit more Spanish? Uh, los favoritos de midas. That was good. I know how to speak it. Spanish fluently. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, this is a bierito. That's a beer in Spanish. Oh, a small beer. And we're doing a podcast. This is a podcast. <laughs> you fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> You guys believe me for I a fucking second. believe. I'm just. This is how full of pizza I am right now. I just believe all of Dean's bullshit. Yeah. All right. I, I was watching Narcos long enough to think that I now understand Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every time I meet um, someone from, from Mexico, um, there's a what they call weed, like a joint in Mexico is a porro. Oh, okay. So you go, plata o porro. So like, you know what? that scene where you yeah, go, yeah. plata o plomo. Plata o plomo. Like you go, plata o porro. So it's like you get lit or weed. <laughs> you want to get shot or you want to smoke up with me. <laughs> All our Spanish listeners are oh, laughing damn. right now. Yeah, Caro, Caro is going to hate us. We're definitely breaking into the Spanish market today. It's a nice segment. Of, uh, <laughs> so what? A, uh, so we, we have some mailbag, ladies mail and gentlemen. Mailbag time. Do the jingle. Mailbag. I don't know what, what happens. Yeah. Harry can go high. Yeah, yeah, I can. Do, I can. I voice. can do a BG. The the fucked up thing is, I can only do deep and BGs. You can't go over middle. So I can do the. You can tell by the way I use my hips. I'm on. Yeah. Nice I, wow. I know you don't like me to sing. We're going podcast. to the karaoke next next week. I, can I, you I, sing prolonged periods in that voice, or are you going to go really raspy? I don't know what happens if I do it for a long time. If Harry, if Harry tucks, I think he'd do it. Maybe. <laughs> I, maybe I just turn into a woman at some point, like. <laughs> Breast grow, <laughs> dick 
Harry, if Harry turned into a woman, he would touch himself all the all time. All the time. Not all the time. It would <laughs> fucking <laughs> hell, man. Harry would be exactly that guy. He's like, why did he become a woman? I wanted to touch tits all the time. He'd look in the mirror and be like, Harry, <laughs> Harry would look in the mirror and be like, do I have permission? And he'd be like, no. It's <laughs> like at, at work, just flicking the bean because he can. And then I'd be like, flicking the bean. <laughs> Harry would ride his bike around town just like waiting for an organ. This is a suddenly has a horse. <laughs> Oh God, I got a mom related joke. You ready? <laughs> Triggered. So my mom and dad are, were, were, I'm sitting in the back car, the back seat of the car. We're driving around, whatever. My dad goes, cause, well, he goes, why do you love horse riding so much? Oh my God. Because my, mom, she, my mom fucking loves horse riding. She did it all the time. She goes, listen, dad, <laughs> oh, there's wow. nothing better than having a four ton animal between your legs. <laughs> <laughs> Shut my dad right up. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And then she nicknamed him the Italian Stallion. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> okay. Oof. Okay. Let's Mailbag. Uh, yeah, let's definitely not go into this. All right. Um, here's, here's one. Okay. We have a um, good friend of the show, Jason Ransom. What up, um, Jason? Did he, you he, should you have said the whole name? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's yeah. totally cool with that. No, no, you should edit that part out. Harry's <laughs> 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 editing the episode. Yeah, I'm and editing. Trying to fuck it up, yeah, okay. Uh, hey guys, love the pod. Thanks, Jason. We love you. I love your pod, Jason. Actually, didn't he, he wrote to us last time? And he's last time he said, "I still like the pod." You still like the pod, exactly. Now he loves the pod. That's, love the pod. He, that's I love great. his pod. We're moving good, up in the world. Good work, Jason. Okay. What is Jason saying? Conspiracy theory for Harry. Was the US election rigged? Discuss. Um, this, like, once Biden has basically won it, I was like, I'm done with politics now. I've got my political hit for four years. Of U.S. politics, and then I just mm. zoned out, and I haven't really been paying attention to this rig business. I mean, I mean, uh, probably there's a lot of dodgy shit has gone on in this election, but but I think uh, here's one reason. Yeah, I'm getting serious. There's a beautiful uh, shit. I can't even remember the name, so I can't give you the the details. But there's a guy who makes a very solid argument for why we should never have electronic voting. Because the whole paper system, if you study how systems scale, it's very hard to to attack a paper-based voting system. Like pretty much every hack of the system. You maybe you can do localized things in one region, but to influence the whole thing and swing but That's a good point. But when your whole thing is on a computer where it's just like you pressed and then we printed mm. you it's pure belief that this thing Unless it's, it's in a database, like I love that that comes from you as a developer. And the guy, yeah, it's uh, pure belief. No, but the guy actually, I remember the name of the guy. There's a guy called Tom Scott. He has a great. Uh, he's a nerd who does. He he explains things. He's got a couple of beautiful episodes where he talks about why you should not. And he's a complete nerd. Why you should not want electronic voting? Like we go, yeah, that would be so convenient. But do you know how easy it is to just like update a table in a database mm. and flip all the yeah. votes? Unless, you know, like I wouldn't give electronic voting rights to 
Facebook. Imagine they handle that shit. Oh God, go badly. But I, if Apple did it, you know, I was mm. thinking about like Switzerland starting Google Forms. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just yeah. But you um, give it to China, they'll fucking manage. But with Apple, Google. they're just going to lose the votes of all the Android users, and they were like, ah, I'm sorry. You'll like, just get advertising banners in the middle of your voting for no <laughs> reason <laughs> from Nestle. Yeah, and then buy them. Yeah, Nestle. Exactly. Do you ever pays the most? Fucking Nestle. Fuck them. Yeah. yeah. Um. Give us a water back. So was it conspiracy theory? I mean, I'm sure shit was tried. I don't believe that the whole election was swung. I think in the end, uh, much as I thought Trump might win, I think he, he, he wasn't the Trump of last time who knew how to ride mm. the insanity of public. Can I t- can I tell you attention? what what I think is rigged? Go democracy. There oh, we we're back. We're back. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Marks. It's all bullshit, guys. Uh, Votes rigging Coca-Cola, Pepsi, whatever. Nobody my, cares. My 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 biggest uh, um, my biggest point around this is like the the one thing that is rigged is the fact that Biden is elected. It's not. It's not about was it rigged so that Trump lost. Yeah. It was more like everything that led yeah. to the election of Biden in the first place. Yeah. And it's not, again, it's not the argument between Trump or Biden. It's yeah. Biden, yeah. him as a person. He should have never been standing for the Democrats. Do you know what I think happened? I mean, basically, it's like it's like when your girl is like, well, you've got a choice between tits and pussy and really you want the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the u.s election you, no you, no, you said it wrong yeah. you said you wanted tits or pussy and all you got was asshole or toothless <laughs> mouth no <laughs> this is the choice between uh the blue waffle vagina or like a hemorrhoid infested asshole those are your choices <laughs> it's, it's, one's blue one's red one of them one good. of them assholes isn't even real <laughs> but i mean i mean <laughs> it's more like a colostomy bag oh my god i think the thing that to, is that is the american election right there i think the thing to bear in mind though with democracy is is just that it's just that power changes hands without violence. That's the that's probably the only real argument for democracy. Yeah, but that's not being proven just yet. So I'm just yeah, waiting that may, until this in fucking the US that may that rule may get broken. But mm. this fucking powder keg is gonna mm. blow in our faces. Yeah. So okay. Um, um, hold up, dude. One one quick thing, tangent. I want to hear hear your guys' opinion. So like, you know, when you're listening to podcasts, you kind of zone out because you're doing stuff, right? No, yes. I'm always totally switched on. Go on. Always. No, no. of course not. <laughs> so I'm going to just try this real quick. You ready? Go, go, go. Hey! <laughs> Stop what the fuck you're doing. Pay attention. I know you're doing the dishes or something. I'm talking to you, uh, my friend Dan. Dan, <laughs> listen up, buddy. Come back. Focus. Okay. Okay. Let's go again. <laughs> I'm hoping they zone, it, like, zone back in. Like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> I think the right way to do that is to create some anxiety. Like, uh, you know, like it's... <laughs> Look you, behind you. <laughs> yeah, or just, just keywords like Zweitermahnung. Oh damn! What does that mean? Yeah. You haven't paid your bill for oh, the second. Oh no, dude! I wasn't trying morning. to do that. I was just trying to get them focused again. I don't want to give them anxiety. Yeah, but that's how you stay keep people focused. More mailbag. Yeah. yeah so he. Fo- actually, okay, Jason isn't quite done. Um, anyway, the Americans are a bunch of amateurs with one president and voting every four years. Agreed. In Switzerland, we have seven presidents. Yeah, kind and of. vote every four months. Boring. Which is also true. So my other question for the boys is, if you were president in Switzerland, what would you change about oh Switzerland? Oh, this is a... This is a... That's so a, let's assume we have executive order. We could do whatever um, we want. In Switzerland. And well, do we have to have a vote for it? 
No, no. So you're the president. It's, it's executive Done. order. Done. What is it? Harry, you go first. No, you go first, team. Listen, I, I'm stop so spending so much fucking money on the military. Stop that shit. With Switzerland, nobody cares. Nobody wants to like rob this place Great. unless they want a Rolex watch. You know, uh, stop doing that. Give that money to like improving infrastructure. Or oh, okay. Here's my number one thing. This is real talk right now. Real talk. I think that because I've been to places like Japan and Korea, and the way they build these cities up is that they kind of create spaces for humans for people to enjoy life and experience those things. I know Japan has a bit of a fucked up working culture, right? So I wish Switzerland wasn't so money-driven and capitalistic. I wish we put money towards investing in people's well-being because mm. we can't afford that, you know? Easy. I know that, like, suicide rates, mental illness, and all that shit is really fucked up here. I wish we just spent money on that more. Maybe we could change the culture and become more connected. How would you change it, though? So you have one executive order that you can put out there. What would you change? I don't know, man. I'm not a professional. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> that was so, real talk. I was, I was, first, I was thinking, like, everyone gets a free gay R. But that's mm -hmm. too boring. Actually, I think I'm going to mandate that every citizen must wear at all times an item of clothing that is either bright pink or bright yellow. That is how we change everything. <laughs> have you ever noticed in Zurich, there is a, a range of allowed colors, a dark green, dark blue, dark gray. And, and if you wear a bright pink or bright yellow, everyone stares at you like a freak. Yeah, because one fucking douchebag, um, what's that called? Like style advisor or something that goes to every fucking bank in the city tells them wear only suits from PKZ. And that's the only suit to come by is like gray stone, dark wash blue or whatever. It's, yeah. It looks fucking dumb. So, so bling that with a nice bright yellow or pink accessory. I think uh, that that is how we change this. Imagine Zurich, where you're just seeing these bright pinks and yellows everywhere. I like I like I'm the good. way I like the way you're thinking. Harry. It's subversive. It's it's yeah. gonna it's and it because it, then it's gonna force people. First, people are gonna hate it, but then they're gonna be like, some someone's gonna like start wearing more pink or yellow. Maybe hard. I don't want to fucking wear what you tell me. Yeah, but I'm now executive order. I don't really care. Then I don't know what we're gonna do to you. Kick him out of the country. I'm gonna what, wear my black and go somewhere else. Bananas, that you're covered with. I bananas. don't care. You, like if somebody tells me what to do, I'm gonna tell you, fuck you. You're just undermining the whole premise of what we've explained. Changing people. I know, but you gotta, you know. All right. Think I mean, about people's freedoms. I mean, of course, there's gonna be some rebels. Damn straight. So the, these <laughs> are like gonna the be no. These are gonna be the all blacks of Switzerland. Yeah, actually, maybe that's what I do, Dean. I I I declare that everyone. It's a whole new movement. Everyone needs to wear something that looks like a banana. I think this. Okay, I got a better idea. After fuck your you don't force, have to. You fuck don't your force people to wear stuff. Here's the best idea. Here's my executive order number one. Are you guys ready for this? Go. I think. Once a year, we have to replace the entire population of Switzerland with another population from around the world. So Swiss people have to go and experience something else somewhere else in the world. So wait, like like um, a student going away for like a year? Exactly, an exchange. Nice, a an exchange program. Exchange. That's nice. Good. Yeah, that's, that's a good right. idea. How does, uh, but wait, wait, okay, so how does it work? So um, you send half the population away for, for a year? or Maybe half. That's a better idea because then they can like kind of yeah. integrate. This would be great. So half goes to South Africa. South Africa, half of them come here. Yeah, that's you, awesome. 
And then here's the thing though. Yeah. You know those electric House scooters? Swap. You know the electric scooters around town? Yeah. I promise you within a week, all of them are going to be chopped up and sold and resold <laughs> and hacked and like, you know, they're all going to be fucking belong to someone else. And, you know. Wouldn't it be great? And also be looting. you announce it the like, so you have the day, whatever fucked up happens. And then the day after the next nationality for exchange is announced. And then everyone is freaking out for a whole year. Amazing. <laughs> like, Amazing. They're going to oh, let... Fuck, we got Brazilians coming. Exactly. They're going to let like <laughs> Mongols in next time. Those oh people God. don't know how to live in a house. But can you imagine <laughs> the, the Swiss people that come back from that? Or the, you know, the Swiss people that come back and then like say, for yeah, example, they're finally Africans normal that go back again. Yeah, they'll be like, you know, oh, we can all be, be more chill and have a great life. And the South Africans go back. They'll be like, okay, this is how we do shit now. <laughs> <laughs> all of you get your calendars out. We're fucking organizing this country properly. <laughs> we don't have trams. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> let's start building shit. Yeah, let's get a real banking system. Post is amazing, guys. You should try that shit out. I sent a letter the other day. It got there. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I just really... Also, I would want sperm banks to uh, mix up sperm samples. <laughs> <laughs> just a Russian roulette of sperm. Dude, that's funny. Oh, that's you just great. You a big wheel. <laughs> <laughs> you're pregnant with a black man's baby. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what you're getting. Until, we do need more black babies in this country. We it would need be fucking as awesome. Many mixed ba- not black, we need mixed babies. Mixed babies. As many mixed, mixed babies in the world as possible. Cafe au lait. Have I ever shared this Let's with you? Fucking go there. There's a lecturer of mine who said the world... Because, you know, natural selection and stuff, if you do believe that. We're all headed for a mixed race. Eventually, we're all going to look exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. And I love this. Because I'll tell you why. Number one reason. Mixed babies, mixed look people awesome. are the most beautiful people out there. Look amazing. This is natural selection Stunning. saying we all want to fuck them. Yeah. Mix that shit up like a deck mm, of cards. Except for the Scandinavians. They are, but they're they're the, more the pure blondes, than... The pure blondes. blondes yeah, yeah, but they're, I'm saying mixed babies. Yeah, but... Now mix them up a bit. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. Yeah, I'm with you on the mix. Sprinkle mixing. some new sperm. But I was challenging the the most attractive, beautiful. But by define, but it's just your fetish. Then it, your your fetish is like fetish. <sighs> Swedish chicks. Swedish chicks Sweet are some girl. of the hottest. You got to admit, I'm not really into blondes, but still, like, okay. Christian, <laughs> what's your executive order? Yeah, uh, fuck. Um, all right. Um, every fucking party has to actually disclose where to get the money from. Uh, <gasps> yeah, dude, that'd be great. And th- it's not funny that I'm saying this, but it's actually something that's really close to my heart. Our system of corrupt politics is Corruption? is so prevalent when it comes to party financing. Yeah. And yeah, fuck. Let's just let's just open that shit up. It's nice, dude. Transparency. Yeah, Real I'm all for transparency. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm so white that I'm practically transparent. I went to the doctor the other day. He looked right through me like, you got a kidney problem. Didn't even have to <laughs> think twice. Lift up your shirt, Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. Might, might have also been the booze that was oozing out of your veins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like Casper the Friendly Ghost in the white man version. Talking about all this travel. Why, we have some more. Um, okay, more mailbag. We have some more. So uh, thanks, Chief. Um, I think we... Nice we job, Jason. That was, yeah, that was awesome. At least so one good question. Finally a then. decent fucking question that came out of our fans. The first question I didn't really like, the conspiracy theory was the same. I'm going to go aggressive like on this. You guys, you fuck you guys. You call yourself fans. You don't write in nothing. You guys got a real question? We can help you out. Who do you think has been writing all these messages? The cool kids. Me. Like Jason. 
Okay. Or are you Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Harry's secretly Jason. We so have a, we have I get a real Jason's pleasure out of real. I shit on myself. Like, <laughs> fucking hell, Jason. You're such an ass. All right. <laughs> we, we have another message from Adrian. Adrian Vogler. Um, another oh, really comedian. He's a cool kid. Hey, guys. Uh, great job doing. Uh, you're doing Keep It Up. Um, thank you. I'd like to bring up the U.S. elections again. Oh, dude. What are you thinking Jesus about? Jesus Christ. What are you thinking about Trump trying to win the election in court? What are your thoughts about the left-wing organizations allegedly harassing law firms who are representing Trump, Republicans, and their clients? Do you consider it stealing at the election if the successfully swings... Hmm, if he successfully swings it to his favor in court? Discuss. Okay, oh, hold up. That is a... I'm passing on this one. My only thing is this. Trump's done, dude. Trump's gone. Fuck him. Over. I'm just going to say one thing. I do one thing I do like is uh, the harassment of lawyers. I think that's something we need more of. Lawyers should in general be harassed. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Like after that. after Giuliani's fucking uh, press conference. Um, I, also, he 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 brought us this. The blood running down his face. It wasn't blood. It was it was brown <laughs> oh. fucking taint, dude. Taint juice. Wait, All he right. sent us a picture. He sent us a picture that we have to describe <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> and I know why he did it. I it's a reference it to previous yeah, episodes. Yeah, work. Ha- Harry, you, Harry you should go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is let's say it's a Snow White situation, but there's only six of them. And they're all dressed up in uniforms carrying uh, little violin cases and they all have Hitler mustaches. <laughs> it's a very... And it's, so it's a picture of these uh, six little people. Uh, they look nice. like Ooh, little nice police. Nice Harry. I see, I'm kidding. I knew there. it would work. I'm yeah. kidding there, you see. I've got it out of my system. And the tagline is, is, is when you're only a little racist... <laughs> <laughs> can we post this on the instagram account yeah we will it's a meme saying you're only a little racist and there's a picture of about one two three four five six little people standing there dressed like hitler with little hitler mustaches carrying a violin um you know it's such a slapstick humor adrian fuck you <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to lead us into a dark hole of Bullshit. Do you think, but here's the real question is, do you think Adrian got this off Instagram, something he follows, or was it delivered to him by a friend? What, the the meme? Yeah. How did how did Adrian get it? I think he Googled little people porn, then saw a meme and was uh, like, ah, that'd be funny if I send it and get Harry to fuck up. Which so you didn't, and I'm proud of you. Okay. It was like SS dress up porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's horrible. But Adrian's ginger, so. <laughs> <laughs> so like Harry, yeah. when he was young and fun. When Harry grows up, I'm not Harry. When no, Adrian I was grows talking up. about, sorry, I was talking about Harry the Royal. The Royal mm. Harry. Yeah, when, he, he, when he was dressing up like a little fucking uh, Nazi uh, prick. That was, no. a, that was a weird moment in English history. It was, and it was, and that was, that was a weird moment in English history. Yeah, Let's but talk to India for a bit. Like. <laughs> yeah, but you heard of Gandhi, brah? <laughs> but you know, you know how, uh, you know, like, like people that have been on like drug abuse programs and they've cleaned up and, you know, it's been many years where they haven't done any bullshit. I mean, the English royal family was like that <laughs> for a long period. I mean, the Queen Elizabeth up to like the end of the 80s, it was just like, these guys are just boring. They don't do anything. Then you had like little Harry and his Hitler outfit. 
And I think this was before Diana. No, no, no. She was well dead by that point. Tapped out. She was well dead. She died in 98. So uh, let's just go into that quickly. What happened? To, what's your Diana theories? Oh, here we go. Did With, it? Without a doubt, killed by someone for some reason. What, what was she trying to do? She was trying to destroy That's the monarchy or trying to do something against the system. She said in an interview that her husband was fucking around. The biggest, the, I think the biggest pressing thing was there's this guy, Mohammed Al-Fayed, who bought Harrods, which was the uh, n- like leading store in, uh, what the fuck is that street? The High Street, Kingsington. Kingsington. Regent Street. Uh, no, there's a... A High Street. I've been down. away from England so long. Harrods. Harrods is on a it's street. It's a toy store. Ah. Hey, Christian, bring that up. What street is Harrods on? Here, I'm quitting you like Jane. I've been to Harrods. I bought a bubble machine there. No, it's on a it's on a famous street. What? <laughs> I was just checking if you were listening. I was listening. I bought a bubble machine in Harrods. What type of bubbles? You squirt bubbles out of gun. And oh, pop. okay, like a bubble gun. Bubble gun. Okay, that's cool. I, it could be a soda machine as well. So Harrods is on... It's in Knightsbridge. Knightsbridge, exactly. It's in Knightsbridge. <sighs> and, and so basically, like, the England lived in a bubble even after the Second World War where they're like, we are still the king of the world or whatever, the empire. And then along came this guy, Mohammed Al-Fayed, who was from somewhere in the Middle East, I think. Egypt. Um, uh, Egypt, maybe, yeah. And he bought... Harrods and and basically bought his way into the British establishment. You can do that. You can buy your way to power. Well, he tried. Oh, no way. You he, didn't. Sorry, being sarcastic. He tried. And power is an illusion. He just it's wanted bullshit. He just wanted to go to the right gentleman's club, and he was re- hey. rejected by the British establishment. They got very offended. How but, dare they? Too but, brown. But. Yeah, but they're German, fuck. And there have been years of, like, scandals, and he was in The Sun and The Daily Mail and whatever. But then... The Daily Lies. Down in the belly. Who was in the the car? Who was in the car with Diana when she died? Dodi El-Fayed. Exactly, his son. No way. And... She was having an affair? uh, Probably, and the story was she was going to divorce Charles and marry him. Dude, that's unacceptable. Now I understand why they killed her. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You can't do that. He's too brown. Adulterous and bitch. How dare she? Exactly. That's, um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but basically that was that was yeah. the, that was the number one. There were some pictures. I remember some pictures uh, popping up at one point where she was on a yacht with Doddy, um, in the Mediterranean or whatever. This whore. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Actually, Russell Brand was saying how like um, Lady Di went from the 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 whore represented in the media as the whore the slut and then how she transitioned to the, mo- the, the mother the Madonna yeah and then martyr after her death you know so yeah. that's how these transitions happen uh, but, but the people were in love with her for many years before she died like because she she was a commoner right it was like the first <laughs> she's like Adele yeah. <laughs> she can sing amazingly but she wasn't she wasn't a proper commoner either because she went to a very prestigious school and all this she stuff. didn't I don't like this hierarchy system the, she didn't have the right voice to be seen as a commoner but i think the thing was what i love what i but can you imagine like if you're married imagine if, that. if you're married she's from essex you're married to I'll a fuck a lady da <laughs> all right dean imagine this scenario you become a big comedian you're now 40 Me? yeah you're now 45 50 
like everyone is just talking about what Dean did. On I'm not going to make it social media. Let's just say you went to rehab, you've met, <laughs> and you got and you got your wife, and your wife is there's pictures of Dead. her on a yacht, killed with, her with some dude, and it's and and that's basically what was happening. So Diana was with Dodi Al Fayed on yachts, mm. and this was in the newspaper. So she's the wife of the the possibly future king, <laughs> and you know what I would do? I'd just play victim. I'd be like, oh, she cheated on me. Love me more, everyone. Yeah, which is exactly what Charles but didn't do. He just stayed away from it. Well, interestingly enough, with Charles, that wouldn't work because he's such an unlikable human ah. being. Is he really unlikable? Oh, come on. I mean, I just find him a non entity. I find yeah, him he's, an, just, he's just he's, a nothing. He's the beige jacket in your rack. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you never wear. Yeah. But you bought once and then regret. Uh, yeah. But you don't want to throw it away. I want to see. I want to see Christian do a good segue out of this to the topic. <laughs> Christian totally owns a beige jacket. I totally do, actually. I've been there in my life. Um, I bought it. I bought it in uh, New York when I was traveling, and um, this is what we're going to talk about today. Killed it. Killed it. <laughs> oh, oh my god, Every that time. was sweet. He's too good at it, dude. All right. Um, today we're going to talk about the life on the road. And um, uh, let, let's dive into a bunch of our travel stories because we have been talking about how we traveled in previous episodes and how kind of it opened our minds when we uh, talked about it in Saxari. Um, mm. I think uh, that there, is, there is something more and I, I would like to go to places where, let, let's see where, where, this, where this journey leads us, um, Wait, so to speak. Very quickly first, favorite travel song Favorite travel song? Like those um, are on the road again. Mm. I got. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, well that. done. Yeah, my favorite. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get copyright strike. I got, I'm so uh, good at singing. I got one. Is is uh, the Stone Roses "Fool's Gold"? If you don't know that track, check I, it out. I know, I know what, it, what it's just about. a, it's just an extended guitar, in, bass instrumental. Can I tell you my theory around travel? Do um, so like, I grew up in South Africa. And we, I never went overseas till the age of twenty three. Never, I'd never been afford. Okay, there was one time, um, my family you won- went to Lesotho. <laughs> yeah across the border <gasps> uh, we my family won a it was like a, a gift um because of good work whatever we won a vacation to disneyland orlando but i was Ooh. i was three years old so i literally uh, yeah. no i don't memory. remember shit um but my my parents were sitting in the car and this is the first time also like my dad travels a lot but the first time i'm overseas um we were sitting at a garage like a petrol station and one of the the, the attendants come up and they ask my mom where she's from. Like, oh, you're from Africa? Oh my God, you're from Africa? So you guys live in those little beehive huts? You know? <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but we went to Disneyland. Um, <laughs> and the only thing I remember is getting my face painted like a Ninja Turtle. Ooh. And I, I remember Snow White. I had such a crush on Snow White. I met she was Snow hot. White. She was so hot. And like I met the actress, or not the actress, but the, the lady. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best I'm, moment of my life. I'm realizing how close you were to being in that Netflix Michael Jackson documentary <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's, dude, talk about that. Do you know who I met there? 
Uh, this oh, is here, we go. here we go. Do you remember the 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 guy who the the star of the film Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Oh God, that little the little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met that guy. He got punched in the face recently. As really? Well. You got look him up because he got uh, what's his name? Little uh, from he was in Ghostbusters as well. Yeah, exactly. I got a picture of me in a pram at three years old chatting to the guy from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Fuck. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. And now, okay, so Rick Moranis. Oh, uh, he was the little dude in love with the blonde or the the actress in Ghostbusters. And uh, uh, you Google Rick Moranis punched Times Square. <laughs> some, no way. Why do you get punched? Some, I don't even know. Some well, random. He must be quite old now. Yeah. And why would you punch a little guy like either he was being a dick? Actor Rick Moranis sucker punched while walking in New York City. That's the <laughs> that's the YouTube clip. No way. That was published We're gonna a post month that as ago. Well. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Look at this old motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, a dude. bad hit. Where I'll, post, I'll post it. I'll post it. I'll post it. That's a bad hit. I want to see that. Too, and it's a guy. It. The guy that's punching him is wearing an "I Love New York" shirt. Oh God, it's so great. Play, play it again. What? Oh I didn't man, see the uh, here you go. This I'll is post, the punch. Post Bam! What the fuck? It's like elbow style. That's douche. really. That's nice. really like random acts of violence. This guy's just walking down the street. Oh, this is the states for you now. So. Uh, <laughs> And I, what's interesting is the guy doesn't, he doesn't try to get away. He just carries on walking at the same speed. Dude, New York. Yeah, he's down. It's like. New York, bro. You knock a bitch out, then you just walk away, man. Chill, bro. Damn. Chill. Yeah. So, so anyway, that was the only travel experience I had. And then up to the age of 23, we just went local. Oh, funny fuck. Funny fucking horrible thing that I know about my history now is that we, we my parents bought timeshare in Durban. So like maybe once a year we would drive eight hours to the coast and have like a little week long family vacation by the beach. But the hotel we stayed in, and I only learned this a lot later, the hotel we stayed in that my parents bought timeshare, and they didn't know this either until a lot later. They were they had a whites only policy in the hotel. What the fuck? Yeah. This is after apartheid. Dude, this was like fucking I was like what I was probably like fourteen, fifteen at the time. 14, 15. 14, 15. They I still had a whites only po policy yeah, in Durban. Of all places. Like if, if if that would happen in Stellenbosch, I would kind of understand it. Dude. Dude. Whatever. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, apart from that, I've only been to Cape Town twice. Did you drive? No, we flew to Cape Town. So this is something that really baffled me in South Africa. How many people drive from Gauteng, like your county state yeah. or whatever, yeah. down to the, the down coast, to down to Cape Town. Most people drive to like uh, Durban or PE yeah. like on the East Coast. Yeah. But like Cape Town's like a two-day drive. Yeah, so it's full quite expensive. But, but you, it's amazing. It's an amazing drive. You go through the desert and stuff. And uh, and then they all hang out on Garden Route, basically. That's like the oh, summer yeah, holiday. Yeah, I got, I got you know, Garden Route. It's, uh, it's it's beautiful, yeah. Harry. So, oh wait, what I was I was just, saying my I'm just watching your faces right now. I'm actually not listening to your words. I'm just watching Harry's Harry's faces. looking at how hot we are. But this is this is my point. My theory I'm around traveling was this: like, I had such a little, little travel experience that I believed that New York, London, Paris, these cities weren't real. They were just shit I'd seen in movies, and I believed that only like when I actually saw them in real life that they would be real. 
So every time I land in a new city, I'm like, oh, it is real. I knew it. It does exist. It does exist. Let's do this. You weren't bullshitting me. (laughs) So to me, that thing happened with the yellow taxis in New York. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a total... Gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember um, Die Hard? Was it with a vengeance? Um, yeah. Die Hard Three, yeah. when there's like stealing gold in the middle of New York, yeah, and um, McLean steals the taxi and drives through Central Park. Yeah. So I watched that as a child. It's one of the movies that I grew up on. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, dude. And I I remember getting out of JFK and then just seeing exactly that fucking taxi cab in front of me. It's like done. First of all, Get out the cab, they bitch. didn't buy new cars since like 1950. <laughs> so they're still the same the fucking douchebag yeah. Fords. Nice. Um, it's, it, that was flabbergasting. That's funny. Just like, oh yeah, that thing, that actually yeah. is real. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, it's the same in London with the, the, the double-decker buses. and The, the black cabs as well. All right, let's go. But most fucked up uh, traveling experience. Most fucked up travel experience. I feel experience. like you have a story loaded, Harry. I do have a yeah. story yeah. Go go. loaded. Shoot. Well, I almost died in India. What? Yeah, and it was the worst. I think a lot of, of British people say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I tried to starve myself for a week. I was in Mumbai. Mumbai. In the, what used to be called Bombay in the, oh, good, in the good old days. Oh, Let's just trigger all things. Oh, yeah. Damn, here we go. No, Col- I was in Mumbai. I was in Mumbai and uh, staying at this... Uh, Ritz. Staying at an Airbnb with an <laughs> Airbnb super host uh, who was also a tourist guide. And she took us uh, into the Mumbai street markets. Like one time during the day, we just walked... Um, the lady that I was with, uh, come from Switzerland, she had some guy stick his finger up her butt while we're just walking through. The what? That was, uh, you know, the sort of stuff you get as a lady walking around India. Jesus Christ. Jesus. That was just, a, but we're just warming up here. Because then <laughs> she said, hey, I'm going to drive. So was he. He was just warming up. I'm just going to drive into the street market one evening and show you around by car. So we drive into a street market. Now, these things are so packed that you can barely, like, lift your arms up. There's so many people, uh, like, all around you. And we're driving through that type of crowd in a car, Mm. going very slowly. Mm. And then suddenly we hear this woman scream and fall over in front of us. You fucking hit the hitter. Or fucking hell breaks loose. There's people banging on the car. There's people trying to... So the, the guide... Uh, she was, she's half Indian, half French. Oh, she looks like a foreigner. No, she looks very Indian. And fucking all hell breaks. She's driving white tees in the... Like, yeah, dude, they the, think we could get money out of this. Yeah. The woman's husband Jesus pops dude. up. She, he starts screaming. Yeah. A mob appears. There's people trying to open the doors. Shaking There's people the car. Shaking the car, yeah. banging on the roof. Yeah. And I was sat you in the in up. the front passenger seat, and I'm dude. just and I, I'm just going through like, dude. I very quickly got to acceptance. I'm like, okay, this is how I die. Yeah. This is it. And you're in this is how, how I'm checking out. But the amazing oh thing God. was, and I and I wonder actually was if our okay? Airbnb host uh, set this up, is that she starts talking to the husband. She winds her window down just a little bit, and and he's going, "You have hurt my wife. Give me money." Yeah. Exactly. And she said, and she later explained in retrospect yeah. how she, she said the moment he said that she knew it was a scam. That she Bullshit. Hit yeah, the woman. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way she managed the situation, you got people fucking going apeshit around us. You. 
she she's like she says well here's what i'm going to do for you you can put your wife in the back of the car and i'll take her to hospital but you're not getting any money and this then became a big argument this husband shouting his head off she's shouting this back like and then the really interesting thing was the various street sellers uh, in that street they saw oh there's this car and now the street's blocked and we're losing money because people aren't buying our shit mm. And it was this weird crowd dynamic within the, the guys selling on the street pushed out the other people yeah. and started taking her side and saying, yeah, this is a scam. This is bullshit. Yeah, fuck you. Because they just want the Get car to here. move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was the most bizarre thing and how this woman handled the insanity and yeah. stayed fucking cool. It was. Yeah. How long did that last? I mean, at some point you lost track of time, I guess. Yeah, I guess the whole thing was, was about half an hour. There was like... 15, 20, 20 minutes of shouting. And then we gradually crept out uh, like a, uh, a a motorcycle cop showed up at one point to follow us out. Well, it, I, was just, I was about to ask that. Did you have it, a big fucking bat? Apparently the scammers that do this shit, what they'll do is if the, if you could get away somehow, they'll pick up your trail later and, and get a new crowd threatening really? you. Really? Um, so the police, this cop followed behind us to prevent that scenario. It was fucking insane. So, but I still think like part of me is like the whole city, like I think the woman that took us in there knew this was going to happen. Yeah. It's a pretty normal third world uh, hustle. That one. Yeah. I've seen the dash cams where like people have dash cam cameras on yeah. their cars, especially in Russia. Oh, they're amazing. Or China. Yeah. Like you'll be driving along the road, you're filming the whole thing and there'll be some like guy running out and then he'll like kind of dive on your car. You'll do like a head dive and smash your window and like lie on the ground going, why you hit me? And then you just go dash cam, you motherfucker. And he goes, fuck, <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> so what about what about near-death experiences aside from travel? Anyone had a good near-death experience? I got a couple, but no travel-related ones. Just throw it in real mm, No. You're saving for another episode. Did, did you uh, ask someone to strangle you whilst you were inside them? Uh, what you're wearing your own belt oh okay jacket. guys yeah <laughs> whatever whatever you say <laughs> bit, of, bit of the old autoerotic yeah no look i'm i i bank it on this like i've got street experience for sure 100 percent. so for you this that scenario was just like yeah whatever it's like fuck okay what do, what do they want how do we get out of this what is it yeah yeah, yeah okay there's a there's a horrible story that i know um if you land as far as if you land in Johannesburg or Tombo International, there was one week where these guys had stolen and killed cops and gotten their uniform in the car and they were waiting outside the airport. So these foreigners would come and they would just stop them and be like, yo, you were speeding. You have to give us this amount of money. And these foreigners are just like, okay, well, I guess we were. And, you know, don't arrest us in this crazy African country. And they were just criminals posing as cops getting cash right outside the airport. That's insane. That's yeah. fine. That reminds me of Taken Three. <laughs> <laughs> do yeah. you know where, where the do you remember was it two or three where she these these she gets kidnapped coming out of the airport, his daughter. Yeah. yeah. And that that one actually of the most of the taken movies of yeah. like, yeah, whatever. But that one actually <laughs> really because you know, when you're a dad with a teenage daughter, yeah. that that scenario I'm like, oh fuck, that would yeah. actually work. Like that's yeah <laughs> like i'm an adapter right i'm a survivalist right south african mentality 
Like I've, I'm, a, I'm a cop hater as well. I hate the system. I think it breeds violence. And I hate the filth. I hate the filth. Fuck cops, you know, in general. But when I get stopped, oh, Christians, oh, Christian, Christian dropped something. You had a Christential crisis. Christential crisis. Christential. <laughs> but guys, when I get stopped by police, I turn from the most cop-hating motherfucker to like, a, oh, hi, good evening, sir. How, how can I help you? Which is exactly the right thing to do. Yeah, but I'm like, please don't, you know, uh, breathalyze me. I'm, I had <laughs> nothing to drink tonight, guys. <laughs> I had some orange juice. It, it reacts adversely to yeah. your device. I've had Listerine. Is there a spot fine I can pay? <laughs> mm. Yeah. I never really had um um I'm, I'm I'm Swiss so I never really had any experience of the sort. Um you just have like the nice privilege no. to yeah. travel. I mean No, I I mean there there was some there was some moments. I I had a moment when when I was younger in the snow uh, in the mountains where <laughs> it got dicey. And that's that's not a joke, that's real. It was yellow snow and I wanted oh. to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I was uh, I was off piste with my cousin, and then we couldn't really find our way back, and it was all a bit like shady and stuff. Oh. So um, it, it was it was one of those. But so I was thinking about having an experience whilst traveling abroad, and I've been to I've been to places that are kind of dicey, but never really experienced that sort of hustle that you've described, Harry. I've been to I've been to places that are known for, you know, a certain level of fucked upness. But I was also usually quite naive about it and yeah. just like, yeah, fuck it, let's just walk through here. And then being told mm. in hindsight is that like, was the worst yeah, place. maybe you should have not done that. Yeah. So. Don't leave your hotel, Joburg. Look, Harry, that's a dark question. Can we ask a question? Is that cool? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let me ask this. Like, okay. Travel for me is blowing my mind and giving me perspective. And I've loved every second of it. And I've done as much of it as possible. and been privileged enough to do and see many parts of the world that I've wanted to over the past six years, right? Ever since yeah. I started earning that Swiss dollar dollar, you know? <laughs> so I wanted to ask you guys, is there like a place that you've been to that has given you the most cultural shock out of your, like you could never imagine this has happened to you. Like you get there, you're like, holy fuck, this is a real thing in the real world somewhere. And it's kind of shaped your perspective of your life. Let me can I, let me do mine. Let me give you an example of it. Okay, South Africa, dangerous crime, violent. We'll steal and rob and take anything for our own, right? I went to Tokyo, Japan, and I just got to Tokyo, and you know the reputation of Tokyo, like you can leave your wallet on the street. There's no crime. You know, there's more knife stabbings and gunshots, and the crime record is so low in Tokyo. It's unbelievable. Um, I landed there and we, we were staying in uh, Shibuya, uh, Shinjuku, right? Which is known as like the red light district, right? So like there's prostitution and, you know, this, all the, this is the bad area, right? So on the way there, I stopped at a money exchange uh, shop, right? So there was a place you could, you could bring whatever currency you want. You could buy and sell the currency for yours. And it looked like a little kiosk. So the front of the store had this uh, a glass like shelf. Uh-huh. So the yeah, literally it's the street and then this glass shelf where the guy the, the guy stands there and you can exchange. I just burped, you can edit that out, Harry. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so no no jokes. This blew my fucking mind. And my sister was with me because we went there together. No fucking jokes. And I to this day I still don't believe it's real. In the in the shelf, I swear to God, there was stacks and stacks of cash of all the different currencies in the window. On the streets. What? I, there must have been at least a million dollars worth of different currencies in the shelf right there. 
underneath. So behind. you could grab it. Literally, if he had walked away and I reached around, I could have t- grabbed a stack of cash. Fuck me. And my sister and I, we looked at this. We were like, we checked. We we're like, this can't be fucking real. There's no fucking way. There's two, <laughs> we're two South Africans. We're like, there's no fucking way. This is real money. So we were looking at this cash. Dude, dollars, like stacks and stacks. Like, you know, like a drug bag of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know Breaking yeah. Bad, that scene yeah. where there's just like, like billion fucking rolls. Dude, I swear to God, every single currency you could imagine. And it was like the, each container was at least like 30 by 30 centimeters filled with cash that you could buy. And my sister, I'm like, this is unbelievable. This like, is the, but there's definitely some Yakuza shit. No, this is it. Japan. Like people don't steal. You y- know? Yeah. But also if you had stolen, what would have happened to you? Arrested, trial, proper Japanese authority kind of shit. Or yeah. someone would have whipped out a samurai you get, and you get, fucking cut her head off. Some, you, you get, you get hanged. Yeah. And then your family is being told like a week later or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And, carrying then, and then your father <laughs> has to kill himself. And they probably, and they probably are <laughs> charged for the noose. Some, <laughs> some guy with tattoos shows up at your door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like carrying on with this. Like, okay, so this is the first moment my sister are like, okay, we're not in Joburg anymore. This is <laughs> fucking weird. And we go into Shinjuku and I start, um, it's literally the most like it's the red light district. There's prostitution of like Japanese schoolgirls, and you can see the brothels everywhere. And there's like arcades next to it, you know, which is also like fucking with our brains a bit. And I strike up a conversation with. Were they all pixelated? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, dude, all Japanese businessmen coming out of these places, you know, <laughs> pulling up their zip, thinking <laughs> money well spent. You know. <laughs> And I was like, I, I wonder what it's re- like in there. Do you mind if I got you? <laughs> no, I just then, did a really good come. Yeah, dude. So like at some point I strike up a conversation with a black dude, Nigerian. I'm like a fucking African brother. Yo, what's up, bro? The only one in Japan. No, no, there's a couple. Because what they do Ooh. is these guys are hired by the brothels. So these are like the street dudes who kind of convince foreigners to come and check out the their place of business. Right? Uh-huh. So like. My sister and I were like, we're chatting to these guys, like they're Nigerians. We're like, yo, what's up, African brothers? Like, what are you doing here? We're South African and we're bonding. Then at some point they're like, you want to come and check out my place? You want to come and check out the club? You know? And in these places, and we, my ex-girlfriend and I, we did go into one of them. Um, But before that, my sister and I were sitting there talking to these guys. And we realized like, for Japanese people, this is the most dangerous place you could be. But our feeling was like, this is fucking awesome. This is totally chill. This is Disneyland shit. This is a nice Nigerian guy offering us to come into a club with free drinks. Like, this is amazing, you know? And I remember, like, speaking to people about their experiences in Shinjuku, and they're like, dude, that place is fucking dodgy. We're like, that was awesome. That was the best fun I've had in months, you know? And then my ex-girlfriend and I, we even went into one just to try and just check it out. Fuck it. We're here in Japan. What stays in Japan follows you everywhere else. But whatever. <laughs> Especially when you do on a podcast. Fuck. Yeah, dude. So like we, we went into You're one of these. are not wearing a condom, yeah. And it was a dodgy one. A Nigerian guy took us down and he was fucking cool. We go downstairs like a couple flights and the elevator is getting weird and dodgy. We get into this weird club with like a bunch of like Japanese girls and creepy old white foreigner dudes. And now this is um, me and my ex-girlfriend there just to like see Rome, you know. And so they're all kind of like chatting to the locals and we quickly established that we're just here to have fun. Right. So yeah. we sit down with one of the ladies that work there. Um, turns out she's 18 years old. She's half black, half Japanese. She's a halfy. She's fucking gorgeous. Right. And we're talking about our life story. And then the Nigerian guy at some point realizes that we're not there to spend money. 
So oh, he, he uh, kind of tells her to leave. But she's like, no, these are real people. We're having fun. Let's sing a karaoke song. <laughs> so it was just me and my ex-girlfriend singing some weird Japanese theme song in this like brothel downtown Shinjuku. Fucking Sailor Moon. And yeah, Sailor Moon song, you know, comes on and everyone's going crazy. Except for the old white guy getting a handjob in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> But still, the entire time, I've never felt safer. I was like, this is totally chill. Like, I didn't, not for one second, I was like, we should get out of here. <laughs> you know? Okay, uh, on that level, I it did have an experience that was throwing me a fair bit. <laughs> Can, on the level of prostitution. Yeah, yeah. We've okay. all been at a dodgy brothel, let's face it. Yeah. But I like, I like that this Nigerian guy totally misread this. Like, because if he'd been smart, he would have seen that your siblings... I no, know no, that. I, I was in the I was in that place with the ex girlfriend. Uh, okay, he must okay. have seen me as some like foreigner white guy with a, a random Asian girlfriend or random random Asian girl. And you were into more than a, what a, I'm asking for. A, a threesome. Uh, my appetite is larger uh, than what he yeah. thought. You know. Wow. Okay, so this is what happened. Um, I've been to Thailand a bunch of times, and obvious jokes. Yeah, Thailand. This is what white boys do when they want to go and fucking stuff. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ping pong show there's <laughs> a little budget out my pussy so i was hanging out in uh Koh Samui, um with uh friends of mine we, we've been like uh, we had nick on um before nick and i met in in Koh Samui. so i, I was in thailand in thailand yeah at a ping pong show what happened no so this is the thing so uh, so samui isn't dodgy Okay. It's not. It's not a dodgy island as such. Like the islands are a little bit like there, there's a bit of mafia action happening, but the main drag of of the island is is very sanitized and very western in a weird way. Like the, ah, there's fucking Starbucks is around the corner and all that sort of shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit depressing from that aspect. But it, it was never dodgy. There is a Russian stripper uh, show on the main drag, which is the weirdest thing. So they have like Russian strippers in Samui. That's a very common thing because Russian is right there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's super close. Even in Japan. And um, there, was a, there was a night out. We went to that one. It was quite depressing. It's just like, all right, this is weird. But it was never kind of like that really dodgy um, prostitution level Fire, that you yeah. hear of. Yeah. Now, there is a back end to Samui mm. that I was unaware about. So there is um there's a kart racing uh thing happening in Samui. It goes all night long. You can go and race go-karts. And because it's Thailand, you can do it whilst you're fucked out of your mind. <laughs> and that's usually also <laughs> when totally you cool. when you make yeah. that decision to do it in the first place. You're in a Let's pub. Let's go go-karting. Yeah, absolutely. And you're <laughs> oh like down God. seven shots of vodka Some and seven more. pints of beer. So everything is fucked. And because it's Thailand, it's also super hot. So it's, it's still like 35 degrees yeah. in the middle of the night. And you go like, yeah, fuck, let's go go-karting. And just, oh, yeah, I'm a total bro. I can totally do this. So we stepped, we did this a few times. The bunch of drunk Australians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all safe. And we were all wearing flip-flops in the first place. So <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? So this is what happened. We did this a few times. And in uh, Samui, if you've ever been there, the taxis are like pickup trucks. But in the back, you're sitting in the back. You can't see jack shit. You're basically mm. in this little shack on the back of one of those 
Suzuki's and they drive you there, they drop you and that's that. Yeah. Last time I was there, there wasn't enough space in the back. So I was riding shotgun and fuck me dead. We're driving through the red light district of Samui Central. Uh. And in front of me, there's a bunch of dudes on scooters. Like uh, there was a black guy, there was a bunch of white boys and the girls come out of the brothels Swarm and them. drag them off the bike. Like zombies. Like literally, it was like yeah. 24 days later or whatever. They the 28 days later. For. It's just, it was fucking mind numbing. And as we arrive at the go-kart we're, place. We're, we're just asking for a friend, where exactly is that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually not too far from Chewang. But um, as- my, my Wang or Chewang? <laughs> <laughs> So as we arrive at the go-kart place, I must have stepped out of that car completely whiter than I already was. And one of my mates was just like, what the fuck just happened? It's like, I've seen more than just one ghost. This was fucking intense. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, one of my buddies stabbed himself with with, with a bit of like thread that was sticking out of a door where he was supposed to close his his wallet in before he was stepping into the go-kart. And because it's Thailand, it, there was a huge panic attack about like, all right, he's going to have like an infection in about five seconds. So. Shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was, uh, that was, that was the first time where I was honestly shocked about something that I heard of, but mm. never really seen as such. And it was just like, oh yeah, this is actually a reality. Yeah. But I ha- I'm troubling. I'm struggling to have sympathy with you because this this story begins with like white boys on a douchebag mission. No, like, this is Christian telling the story from a different perspective. But he was one of the kids on the motorbike getting dragged. In. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I see. I see through your bullshit, Christian. Okay. You can tell it as it goes. We don't judge. You know. Ah, fair enough. Um, yeah, but but. Uh, <laughs> I think traveling in Asia in general, that was probably the most like being a fish out of water kind of scenario yeah. happening. Yeah, you're, um, you're a real alien there. Mm, um, I was in, uh, in Bali a couple of times. I had a girlfriend living there and um, I was... Tra- how, how much per month? Uh <laughs> Jesus. I meant the apartment, guys. Come Jesus on. Christ. <laughs> um, the girlfriend, she, she, was, she was living in Ubud. I'm, uh, I think I mentioned this to Harry before. She was a ping pong show girl. No, no ping pong show in, in, ba- in yeah. Bali. There was no such thing. So either I read or someone was telling me about this. There's a thing where um, American girls go across to places like Thailand and basically become... They they do this kind of I'm a girlfriend for your for the month thing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And and they do that. They charge the girlfriend experience. They charge more than the locals because they're you know white girls and because uh, they they're you know American white girls. Well, they're Americans, so they they are the uh, oh, the only people. I don't want to get into this, but girls traveling is a total different experience to men traveling. I was dating okay my ex-girlfriend she like I was so shocked at the amount of like traveling and privilege that she's had because she grew up here 
And she's been she she had been everywhere before the age of twenty three. My first travel experience real was, at life, was at twenty three. She had yeah. been and done fucking all of it. I was like, let's go check out London, Berlin, Paris, anything there. Said, I've done been and done all of that. But girls when they travel and they usually do it in Paris. Right? Yeah, they always and, like do they never Paris, invite yeah. the boyfriend. Yeah. They go together and like there's some fucking sexy Turkish dude or some sexy French guy and they'll take him on a crazy adventure. You know, but like guys traveling, which I've been on with a good friend of mine, James, we'll go traveling. It's just the most dry, non, you know, non-sexual adventure. And we're just alone the whole time, hoping one of us gets laid. But girls, you know, just orgasms come free. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but all right. Weirdly <laughs> enough, weirdly yeah. enough, I still think the most fucked up holiday travel experience I had actually happened in Amsterdam. Of course, dude. Yeah, but not for quite the reason. Harry you did drugs for the first time no, in his life. There was I there, did drugs there. There was little drugs and no prostitution involved in it. That's story. the opposite of Amsterdam. Yeah, but the thing was, is I, so I was with a friend. Uh, we're living in London now. London at the yeah. weekend. Uh, if you go out in London at the weekend, London, I, I actually have never experienced this anywhere else in the world. Not not even in the US is that Friday and Saturday, Friday night especially, mm. you get an adrenaline rush yeah. just from being in the city. There it's is fucking bananas. Those moped motherfuckers are out Friday, Saturday night. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> those guys, dude. <laughs> they tried to rob me when I was in London in Hackney. Uh, wow, okay. That's a different angle. I mean, so, what I was trying to say was was just the, ex them. the excitement to go out and party. Everyone's like amped. Yeah. And it's that, like the whole week... London is kind of like going into dead. It, it, it's, it's just like yeah. st standing and yeah. just kneeling down, and then everyone on Friday jumps on Friday out. Friday night, the mopeds are out. Somebody's getting stabbed. <laughs> this, is, this is my experience. This is okay, you seen Dino track this stuff. I never got stabbed on mopeds. I've seen someone get stabbed. But so, so we came from that, and we're like, let's level this up by going to the most crazy city in Ecstasy. Europe, Amsterdam. <laughs> And it fucking wasn't. It, like no, we arrive on Friday no, night. It's not. It is so. Did you go to a coffee chill. shop? Uh, we yeah, we did all of that. Like like uh, we got stoned a lot. What did you think of the coffee shop? Uh, yeah, it was all right. It was an okay experience. You know what? Like coffee shops in in your mind, what do you think? Like they're a great cafe. You can get weed. Yeah. Right. When I got to a coffee shop, it's like a fucking opium den. You get in there, there's <laughs> just a bunch of dudes at the back going all zombified, fucking slouching on a chair, staring okay. at the roof. I miss that. And I'm like, this is literally an opium den where everyone's that was, trying to get high and that, fucking nothing. That was exactly there's my no experience. Fun. Yeah, there's no fun in a coffee exactly shop. Exactly my experience. I'm like, give me your best stuff. Okay. Because I never smoked weed. And I was like, give me your mild stuff. Again, with the ex girlfriend. They're like, yeah, you can smoke this. It's cut with tobacco and stuff. Right? So. <laughs> cutting a long story short, the way this I interrupted you. Sorry. Was, was so we go, go there as two two nice white boys from London, looking for the no, that looking for the does bus. not make any sense. Nice white <laughs> boys from London. These are the worst tourists in ever. in the world. Exactly. It's no British guys from yeah. London. No, no, no. Fuck what do you mean? There's no fucking chips. Oh, bro, fuck off, man. No, What's no. up, And uh, no, no, no. I was never that sort you of were You were a German you for a, a second. You're a German and English. You're in Amsterdam. Where can I get some <laughs> fucking pussy, man? No, we weren't, we, weren't, we weren't like that level of English. Harry, stop this. Hold up. Give me your best fucking aggressive. Wait, wait, where are you from exactly, Harry? Near Southampton. 
Well, yeah, give me your best fucking Southampton. Fuck off, man. Bruv, London. It's going to take some build up to get it really. Please do good. it. Please. Uh, no, I have to. I, I have to sentence. Uh, it's, it's, no, it's like we fucked the Titanic. No, no. It's, <laughs> it, uh, it's going to be like. Uh, uh, it's going to just be. It's going to be simple and to the point. It's just like. Fuck you, you fucking cunt. I'll fuck you, smash your face in. That's like... Now I'm, you stumbled over I'm your not, words. That's very I'm not, that's I'm not buying very, it. Yeah. You know, Did you go to a private school? Oh, yeah, still. I, went to, awesome. I went to a boarding school. Listen, if you no, fuck with the, me, I will the thing is I've been, cause trouble. You, you, don't, you don't get it. I, I told you I'm, I, I need to warm up into that state all of right, mind. Right. That's the thing. I got you. But uh, so we're in Amsterdam. I cut this story short as quickly as I can. We had a lot of weird experiences, like just little things were going on. Like we went, we went, we went for a nice tourist tour through the red light district. Didn't go in anywhere, but then at one point, like we we down one of these red light streets. This door opens. This guy comes out. Looks like Bono uh, from The Fly, and he, there's purple haze playing in the background. He's up in the top window. He looks down at us. He goes. You boys, and we're kind of weirdly bored. We're going into to cafes to get stoned. We're just, but we're kind of frustrated. We end up at this bar on like us. I think it was our last night in Amsterdam, and we get chatting to this guy, and we're like, it's just like a guy about our age. He's just like, what the fuck is this place? Like, we came here to party, and there was no party. He starts telling us all these stories. He said, look, Amsterdam is not that. But then he tells us all these fucked up stories. And we think he's just bullshitting him. One of the stories he tells, he said, he said, you know, like Amsterdam, you have Arseman. Arseman uh, rollerblades around the city wearing like just, just some knickers so you can see his ass. And he's got this disco like this suit. Guy. And he has a straw up his butt. <laughs> What? Legit? Yeah. Well, it's what he tells us. We think he's a fucking bullshitter. And he goes like, and sometimes I see Arseman. I'm like, hey, Arseman. And he goes, hey. And I'm like, and he told us a whole bunch of fucked up stories like this about Amsterdam. We're just like, this guy is just full of shit and blah, blah, blah. Arseman. The day, then it comes the day we're leaving and we're just like done. We're tired. We've been trying to have an, enjoy ourselves. And it ended up just being stoned every time. We're crossing the street and this guy in this silver suit rollerblades past us. Fuck yes. <laughs> between the tram you tracks. Us, man. And we, it was fucking ass no man. Way, dude. And we realized that probably destroying his ass. He moved so fast. And you can actually find Silver Blur. You can find Ass Man on YouTube. No there are way. videos of this guy. He's awesome. still, he's That's still amazing. Doing, is he propelled by the straw farts? Like yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I think he's just propelled by disco. Disco and music. Age, just he must vibe. be. He must be sixty or something. He's no older. way. But this is something that I really love about a city when you have a good local idiot, dude. Crazies. crazies, I love them. Yeah. I love crazies. fucking love. I love our guy we have here in Zurich. There's a couple. There's there's three. I love them. There's three. There's the guy with the heart on his cheek. That guy. Let's talk about him real quick. Wait. What does he look like? So okay. So he's like he's like a tall man. Yeah. With like brown hair. Long brown hair. Long brown curly. hair. Shitty mustache. Okay. And really, really shitty makeup. And he's always he's, he's made up like a clown. A yeah, bit. a bit. But then he's like little girl hair. What I 
I've noticed like, okay, sorry, Christian. Like this Jesus, is a designer. Been here 20 years. I don't even know this guy. Dude, have you not seen these people? I'm, he's always there. But uh, with the one that oh. I want to talk about is old mate who's wearing sunglasses. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. We, this is, I love this topic. Wait, wait, Christian, wait. We got, let's, let's, let's do go one by one. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, Harry, you've it. never seen these guys. No, no, I've seen some others. Not I this love guy this, with the like, I love disrupting the norm. And these people, like in South Africa, we don't have the crazies in public because we don't have public space. So when I go, yeah, yeah this true. is the first time. <laughs> okay, You don't find them at the V&A waterfront. Yeah, exactly. Okay, this guy you're describing, long brown hair, makeup like a clown. Yeah, but he's wearing like a skirt. Yeah, he's dressed like he's got a tutu on. Yeah, be- ballerina. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen. Um, and his lipstick is is it's like a child has drawn it on his face. Yeah, yeah. Um, what have you noticed? What's the one thing you always see him with? I'm very observant. This is why I'm huh. questioning you here. Good question. He always has Chanel and Gucci and Louis Vuitton bags. Yes, I think he's fucking rich, dude. Yeah, I think so too. One hundred percent. I think so too. This is just him going nuts a little this bit. This is him just shopping on yeah. a Saturday. Yeah, totally. Dressed like a clown in a tutu. He's the banker but, that Christian's my, going to my, become. My, my, fuck off. My favorite guy. <laughs> my, my favorite guy Lionel is Richie. Lionel Richie. Yes. It's Lionel Richie. I love Afro this guy. So, okay. You've seen him too? You, you've the, seen the guy. I wouldn't have said Lionel Richie. There's a guy with a... With big, big Afro, Afro glasses. He was always, he's, he always has like those old headphones that you got with a Walkman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah, ones yeah. that go over your head. To see the Walkman. he on. only sings one song. Say you, say, say me. Dude, he can only do the chorus. Yes, that's it. He cannot do <laughs> anything it. else. Dude, this is Lionel Richie reincarnated. Maybe we're not talking about the same guy here. I've never seen him do you this never seen song. Him. Dude, he There's, only oh, sings Lionel this, Richie. He, 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 when he doesn't do the song, I have seen him do two things. So... Either he does the song is and he, he does it in perpetuity. Yeah. And it, he's not shouty. He's just like dancing. It's like, hey, you. And he just wants to hey entertain me. you. you know? Yeah. And he looks at you. He's like, yeah, he looks at you. He wants to get involved he wants with you. you. He's like, yeah, hey, I how love are you that doing? guy. I love that guy. Sunday afternoon on Bahnhofstrasse. That's like our shopping mile. Yeah. He's there and Every the Sunday. street is packed. This is, no, this is like two weeks ago. <laughs> So two weeks ago, the street is packed and I'm just walking down the street. I see Lionel Richie behind me. I love that guy. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun. What is he going to do next? Because I know he cannot shut his fucking mouth. Never. So there's two blonde chicks walking past me. (laughs) (laughs) Opportunity has stopped. It's like, hey, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) I fucking love this guy. He's the best. He's the best. And he's always like he's my favorite. full of joy and yeah. just happiness. And it's just oozing. Yeah. I'm not even sure I've seen Have this you guy. Not, Harry, you got to get out more. Dude. There, there's a guy that there's, so it's, I'd describe him honestly, he's a scooter. black guy with, scooter. with, with a scooter a, guy with a very with a t- impressive With a tin of beer. I only see him on trams. I only see him on with trams, scooter. maybe with a leather with scooter jacket. Guy. No, no scooters. Right. And this guy's either looking like he he's very like uh, Jimi Hendrixy vibe, and he's either like super cool or he's he's like he has these. Sometimes I've seen him where he's just shouting at a whole tram. Mm. Ah, yeah, these are the annoying ones. Yeah, those are the, the weird ones. Yeah, have you? Do you know weird crazy people? Do you know Plastic Bagman? No, explain. So he hangs around Vidicon. And he wears this pink jacket and he he's always got a plastic carrier bag. And when you walk past him, he 
he always lifts the bag up to the side of his head so that you can't look at his face. Oh, really? He, he's a he's a plastic bag man. Special. Okay, disclaimer real quick. Um, mental illness is real. I've never judged these people. I actually love them because they disrupt the norm, and I love that chaotic thing. Yeah. Of course, they need help, but I in, I'm in love with them. They're my favorite people, actually. There was two experiences I had. One was fucked up, and the other one was like, oh, that's weird. Right. So, do, Christian, do you guys know about the, the Basquiat guy? The guy with the scooter? Yeah, yeah. That guy with the scooter, he always has a beer in his back pocket. Always. And I know what, what bugs me I've, the most. I've had beer with him. I love this guy. You know what bugs me the most, dude? These people who we deem as socially unacceptable, crazy motherfuckers, dress up all weird. We should ignore them and shun them. Strangely enough, when you have a conversation, which I think you did, and I yeah, have yeah. as well, they're more intelligent than anyone I've ever met in my life. He's he's incredibly he's incredibly smart and in a way also you don't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of like a byproduct of super intelligence. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean at some level, you know, who's more insane that person or the or the person what who's is going exactly. going shopping this buying is what I clothes love and buying into the yeah. consumer exactly. bullshit so that is Exactly. What do you think, dude? Does he look like Basquiat? You know the the, the movie Basquiat? I don't know. You know who Basquiat is? I'm, am I I'm struggling with I'm this. Still you know, pizza. Basquiat is a, a painter in New York. He was a kind of like a prodigy of Andy Warhol. Yes. He was a black dude with yeah. amazing dreads and they did collaboration and he was a street painter. Uh, King Samos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this guy in Zurich, he rides his scooter around with a beer in his back pocket and he looks just like Basquiat. And he's completely fucking nuts. But he, he'll always kind of like ask you for money and stuff. But he's one of the smartest but, people. But he also, um, he has this thing when he's, when he's driving his scooter, he would cut in. Did you ever see this? No. I so when this. there's like heaps of people around. He would just dive in. He would just, just like, just scoot <laughs> in. It's like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Zoom, zoom, zoom. But then just like crack a beer. <laughs> he's like, dude, he's having an adventure like, on his own. Best Saturday ever. Getting fucking yeah. loaded up. I don't know how we got into this, but okay. No, okay. So I here, love this topic. I have a, I have a story why I'm, I'm telling you this. And so I was mentioning before that I, I was um, in, in Ubud a bunch of times. And um, I was... Oh, yeah, travel, Ubud, sorry. So, but this is, this is how, how I'm tying this back. Yeah. I went on a little adventure of my own. So okay. I, was, I was in Ubud, uh, my girlfriend was working, and yeah. uh, girlfriend at the time. And um, I have my bike, I have my motorbike, so I'm driving around the island. That's what you do there in Ubud? Of course. Everyone so has a bike. Everyone has a bike. That's the only means of transport. Or you have a driver, especially when you're I've a, seen the a influencer white YouTube channels. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm driving up to the influencer rice patties, which are fucking boring and full of Americans. So I'm just like, all right. <laughs> There's always a swing for no reason. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as I go on, at some point, I, I, I come by a place where it gets a little bit more dilapidated. So it's not... Um, it's not nice and touristy anymore. Yeah. It's like people actually working. So the Joburg of Ubud. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I come to like a, a crossing where one way goes to the volcano and the other way goes to, I don't know, some coast or whatever. And next to me is another dude on his bike. And he's like classic Balinese dude um, in his, in his flip flops. and With a coconut in his hand. <laughs> not quite. Um, but we get there. So 
he just goes like, hey, uh, what are you up to? And I'm like, well, I think I'm driving up to the volcano. He's like, oh, that's great. My cousin has a bar there. Come along. I'm going to show you the bar of my cousin. Nice. And that's all I could understand. That's also all the English that he spoke. Uh, my bar of my cousin. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. um, so I start driving and I follow him. And after like two minutes, I feel like, am I just making the biggest mistake in my life? A am I ever going to go home? Am I going to be cut up in You're whatever? following a stranger. Yeah, I just, I just do all the things that people should not be doing. Yeah. And at some point, I, I had this moment that you described, Harry, where it's just like, fuck it. If I die, this is a great story. So <laughs> let's, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. And um, he kind of started realizing that I was slowing down. So he, he was kind of like coming back. Yeah. Come yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was coming back and it's like, ah, oh, the bar is not far. We have to drive for another 20 minutes. So we're driving up this hill and swear to God, best experience ever. It was a shack. It wasn't a bar. It was basically an old sea container where someone had put in a table. <laughs> and that's the bar. They, like the container nice. washed up on the shore. They dragged it up. They dragged now, it up the hill. It's, now it's a bar now where it's you it's can a bar. kill foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it's a bar. We go in and in Bali, there is one beer. There is one beer that you get. It's Bintang. It's Bintang. just Bintang beer. That's the local beer that you get. Yeah. And he just has one fridge and Filled. about a 100 Bintangs. <laughs> And it's just like, That's an there we go. Right there. And we're just standing at the window of the sea container, the window that they cut in themselves. Wow. <laughs> With an axle grinder. <laughs> yes. Looking at the volcano. And it was one of the best afternoons that I've ever had. Nice, dude. But you know, you just made me realize something. Uh, and I think I can say this honestly, not that I've dined in all the expensive restaurants, but actually every good meal i've had at a restaurant like the best meals was always with like plastic garden chairs fuck yes really 100 percent. yeah like white plastic vibes. yeah no around different places like like around wembley the best indian food and yeah. and it was this place plastic garden chairs one time in ibiza at this fish restaurant ibiza. was out i took a pill in ibiza yeah <laughs> uh, actually um a shack in uh Nisna, um uh, nice nice place in South Africa. Magic mushrooms. There, there, there is a shack. I'm not sure if it's still there. Um, they do oysters, um, plastic chair vibe. Exactly the same story. Um, baked Best. oysters with Best. cheese and Tabasco. Yeah. Mwah. Yeah. Incredible. Where was it, yours, Harry? What was my what? Your your best restaurant experience. What are you talking no, about? No, it was just like different restaurants. It, yeah. The point was, is you made me realize it's just like these. The best places, the, the common factor is white plastic garden chairs. I know what they yeah. look like. They're like one mold, <laughs> yeah. one mold things. Exactly. In, and they, in yeah. Thailand, they, they wobble when if you, you sit on them a they bit. They break. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You crack your prostate. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> in Thailand, there is one other indicator. It's when the light is a little bit too fluorescent. Dude, it's always oh, too bright. It's, it's always white. too bright. Dude, in China, every fucking restaurant that has good food, it's too bright. In yeah, there. way too bright. It's fluorescent, unnatural, but it's good shit. Maybe this is something because it's like, like what if you, 
if you're a restaurant and you turn the lights down, it's because someone jizzed in the food. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's because you're trying to hide something in yeah. your fucking food. You don't exactly. want them to see. The restaurants that have the best food, they're like, you can see everything. This is exactly. good food, bitch. Like, yeah. fucking yeah. put it in your mouth. That's so funny. The restaurants that have dim lighting and like, oh, we have the most gourmet Sleazy. Burgers. You open it up, Sleazy. there's somebody's armpit yeah. hair in there. Someone spit in there's it. There's a dead rat yeah, head. Yeah, but this is... <laughs> Wait, there's more to this. This is That's actually a good really theory. Thing. That's a good theory. No, because if you're doing a good food restaurant, also yeah. the lighting is to yeah. get people the fuck out of there quickly. It's like you're not supposed to stay. Uh, yeah, 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 you're supposed, supposed to, eat. to eat and That's fuck off. And fuck off. No. If you got a place where it's nice, comfort, comforting lighting, like dim atmosphere, you want to yeah. stay. You, they're there because they want you to buy a lot of drinks, which means the food is shit. The food is shit. Gordon, Gordon Ramsay's excuse is that like women want to be nicely lit on a date. That's bullshit. That's just total oh, come bullshit. On. Gordon totally Ramsay, I think we found the flaw in Gordon yeah, Ramsay. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually a shit chef <laughs> because he wants to hide the food that he serves. The uh, Chinese yeah. guy on the street with the, the no, frog's okay, broth, one that more, shit's good. But I have key, one more story around And the key this. is he wants to make the money on the wine, not the yeah, food. Yeah, not the food. Mm. Mm. I have one more story around just, this. We just we've, fucked up the we, whole food industry. We've just, that we was just a, destroyed chefs. That was a genuinely Master profound chef, indeed. You guys can go fuck yourself. Someone listening to this is like, well, of course. But for oh, I think the three of us oh, no. were having it's a honestly, moment of realization. Okay. That's the revelation. Here's the perfect example, argument for this. I had the most expensive meal I've ever paid for in my entire life. We were in South Korea. I was with my ex-girlfriend again. We went to Namsam Tower, which is one of the tallest buildings. I think I'm saying it right. One of the tallest buildings in Korea. We get there. And I'm thinking, it's a romantic date. I'm going to undermine like blowing money on this meal. It's going to be amazing. We can see the whole view. We get into the restaurant. Number one, dim lighting, right? Oh, damn. What fucking pissed me off the most is that the windows are reflective, but inside. Uh, what? It's the tallest tower in South Korea, and I can't see anything. You can see your own fucking I face. I can only see me. I came oh, there for the damn. view. Right? And then, like, no jokes. I started spending money on this fucking, like, sashimi, like, tuna, freshly cut tuna. It was pretty good tuna. It melted in your mouth. But it still wasn't as good as the fucking kimbap I spent 10 francs for yeah, exactly. on the yeah, street. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I spent, like, 150 francs on this fucking meal. I could not see out the window. And it was like three pieces of sashimi. I left there. And I was like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Dude. I th okay. We destroyed the food industry. Okay. Damn. I have a, I have a story yeah. there. So there is, uh, there is a, a big group of us um, in Samui and our friend Carl, who organized that whole um, uh, outing that we would all be there. There's like 70 of us. Um, he knows, he knows um, a restaurant that's run by this, beautiful old thai lady she calls herself mama ninja <laughs> okay okay so this yeah, is you got a picture this is how it goes i have a picture i have a picture and we have to post this because she's fucking gorgeous so, how old was she she must have been in her 60s i guess oh my god okay too old wait wait when i say gorgeous she has a big heart Okay. Oh, okay, that kind of uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I want a so, ping pong show. <laughs> our friend Carl basically decides, like, the whole group goes to Mama Ninja's house for dinner. An orgy. And this is, this is a house on an island that's basically on the beach. It's dream space. It's nice just, like, beautiful, beautiful. But it's not, it's not a house. It's more like 
again, it's like a shack. It's basically- Mama Ninja. Mama Ninja. Does she come out of nowhere and just make you come? <laughs> Sorry, keep going. On um, the beach. It's on the beach. It's a shack on the beach. So there is, there is two parts. There is the part where you eat, and that's basically um, like- uh, a tin roof with four pillars. <laughs> She's gone through menopause. You can't make her pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then there is there is the kitchen area, and the kitchen area is the only place that actually has proper walls. You can fuck her without a condom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Christian. I'm sorry, dude. I love this story. Please. Don't I was stop. trying to tell a, just a being wholesome an story. Please, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Okay. Right. On the beach. And so her, and her where asshole feels like vagina. Harry, don't make it so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's so loose. We're, we're on the beach. There is 70 people. Mama Ninja rocks up. All the staff that she has is her husband yeah. and her daughter. And they are working their asses off. Best food in the country. Best food in the country. Dude. I walked into the kitchen. Now get this. She's feeding 70 people. She 70. has 70, 70. Three she, people, 70 people. 70 people. Served by three. S served by three. No way. And all she has is four fireplaces and three walks. That's the gear. Are you serious? I'm serious. I'm the, giant, the giant walks. They're, they're the big walks. At the, least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At she least. does four curries. Dude. She does uh, steamed buns. Five she, minutes, right? Everything, five minutes. Bam, bam, bam. It's just there. Wow. It's insane. So we're eating there. Dessert comes around, and she made fried ice cream, which is one of the most complicated That's things the most to do. Asian thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, fried ice cream, and it has to be on point because you literally take something frozen, you put it in fucking boiling oil, and then it has to Served arrive like on your plate. Yeah. yeah, thirty seconds. Thirty yeah, minimum. Seventy people. Everyone gets it. Bam, bam, bam. There you go. You want fried ice cream? Fried ice here cream? Yes. Go. Here you go. There no you go. Way. Insane. Okay, she is a ninja. She's a she fucking a ninja. machine. Yeah. And again, and here I made her sexualize. <laughs> if she can cook like that, can you imagine how quick she can dish one out? <laughs> she well, can do seventy, out. 70 oh. dicks in five minutes. <laughs> oh it was God. one. It was one of the best <laughs> meals. It was one of the best meals that I ever had in my um, whole life. True, dude. Yeah, exactly. And but the, I think. There's something profound here. The the people that actually have, uh, I'm going to say, it, some kind of spiritual connection to food, they are passionate about yeah. making food. That's where you get good food from. People that are in it for a business to make yeah. get most money, which is yeah, I don't know. Like like, yeah. I love how we went from yeah. travel no, yeah, to food. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. Like it's strange how we connect food with travel. Cause like I'm sure like one of I the certainly do. I totally do. Yeah, well, we're, me too. We're, you have we're, to experience the local. We're on a path, and I've just stepped us into the second stage. So we've done the eat. Should I just do one more? The eat prey quick? and the love are coming. Uh, up. Uh, <laughs> uh, one weird food experience I had. I was in China in Shanghai, and in China, like um, that's shangers and mash. No, dude. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I see myself out. Have you guys been to China? Yeah, no. I've, I've been to Honkers, not to honkers. not to Shanghai. Don't don't you dare honkers. include Honkers. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, you call it honkers. honkers is not China. Hong Kong, Christian. Hong don't Kong. be racist here, bro. Hong Kong. Harry, I'm glad you pointed him out. Don't you fucking call it Honkers. That sounds like Hooters, <laughs> but for Chinese girls, <laughs> Honkers. <laughs> small Asian boobs. Ah, uh, uh, anyway, I was in China, 
Um, China's in the future. Have you guys never been to China? Oh, it's totally in the future. Got to do it. Uh, I I've recommend been, it. I've just been saddled with children for the last 20 years oh, of my wow. life. And one of them Dude, your children are old enough to look after themselves. I know. I, I, if I were like, you know, if you so give the food and I water, could pull one, you can leave it for a week. It's, it's a it's a two factor. One is the the ability to for them to be responsible. Part two is for the, for me to be actually able to afford anything. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's always about that. They're dude. just like they're a demanding. Whole, they're in a the dustbin of yeah. money. I just throw my money in. Yeah, worst food experience I had ever. I mean, I mean, China, Shanghai. Um, and this is what I love about the whole language things. Cause like in, you know, the world will be Mandarin eventually Chinese will take over those probably. motherfuckers oh, are yeah. smart. They're, they're, they, they're in the future. That's probably what's happening. I went to a coffee shop. They don't take any cash. WeChat money. All about WeChat. I had to like bribe two random strangers on the street. I'm like, here's cash. Please send me WeChat money with WeChat. You can book tickets. You can do online shopping. You can book a fucking dog parlor. It's like, imagine WhatsApp, but you can book your dog into a dog parlor. You can order anything within 24 hours. It will show up at your door. This is WeChat. This they, is the future yeah. of WhatsApp, right? Never, so never ever have conversations about the gig economy. Yeah, it never happen, but yes. I hope so. It, it was amazing. Like the best food I ever had was a street noodle lady on the street in the middle of like Shanghai. She's selling noodles cooked right there in your face. Also dog meat or whatever meat. I don't know what it was. But it, it doesn't was matter. Great. It was tasty. It was spicy. Also those chicken feet. You know, like when the, you, the oh, <laughs> they're delicious. Crunchy. Did you did you try them? They're actually I delicious. Did. They're yeah. good. Crunchy, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was in a restaurant and like the whole menu is just like fucking old Chinese Mandarin, whatever. I'm like, my friend and I, James, were like, okay, you know what? We're in China. Let's just fucking chew something because they not, they couldn't explain anything either way. It was like, I'll take whatever this is. Right? James also he just chose whatever the fuck he wanted. I'm I'm just I'm just feeling myself going, gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> um, why are you no, free? <laughs> a big question no. in China is like, why are you still alive? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, what, what came out the kitchen though? It You're was a burden to society. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, gluten free. <laughs> I get terrified just right. Yeah, are you finished? No, no. What what Wait, came out of the kitchen know. was this giant bowl of of frog's broth. <laughs> ah. The consistency, like you guys have picked your nose, obviously. It's not. You know when you blow your nose? Dude, the consistency, the, the raw fro like raw frog's legs in the like in a bowl of snot. Uh, and uh. it was huge. <laughs> but now I've already like because I'm a friendly guy like I'm in China and like I'm chatting to the chef and like it was like a one man business and we're, we're we're vibing he's like oh you know how welcome and like I'm like oh hey my lost father I'm so happy to meet you and we're <laughs> vibing and he comes up to the table he's like how do you like the food like is it good I'm like yeah yeah it's fantastic thank you so much <laughs> Uh, it's just this fucking bowl of snot and frog's legs I'm amazed you could speak do you eat it you know if it built you, you take one spoon and it's all joined. You, can't, you, can't <laughs> you, have, you slurp it up in one move. Exactly. Like as soon as you start up. slurping, <laughs> the whole bowl has you, to come with you're you. You're trying to bite through it uh, and you can't. <laughs> it's I, like a shitty fondue that you cannot bite off. Dude, I lied. I was like, this is amazing. I tried it. You know, the, the gag reflex, the instant gag. Oh. The first spoon, I was like, oh. <laughs> and, and I, my so friends finished what their What Dean is trying to say is he cannot suck dick. Yeah, uh, 
Okay, that's a different story, but <laughs> well, he's maybe your sperm tastes like frogs. But yeah, yeah, he he can't. No, the gag reflex. He can't take a full load. That's for sure. <laughs> Harry, the way the way Harry's diet, the way Harry's diet is, like his sperm probably tastes like battery acid. <laughs> anyway, I just like I just took one bite. and I was like, no, I can't. I'm sorry, and I ran out of the restaurant so fast. I was like, no. See you later. I'm not a racist. Apparently, you run really fast. So Dude. That came in handy. Talking about racism. In China, the same time I was there, there was this rapper, very famous Chinese rapper. He made a song called Guala Wai. Oh, yeah. You've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. Guala Wai no. means idiot foreigner. Nice. So the whole song is about how fucking white guys come there. They want their ladies and they, they come here to teach English and fuck these foreigners. And, you know, they should fuck off out of China. And, like... What's the funniest thing is, is like, because Chinese culture is so strange. Like, this is Chinese culture, right? This is how capitalistic and competitive they are. If, say, there's a new town happening and you open up a petrol station, they don't think, oh, it's a petrol station next door. I can open up like a, a, a kiosk, a food place, you know, so we can kind of work with each other. They think, I'm going to open up a petrol station right across the fucking road and make shit cheaper, you know, so <laughs> I'm going to win. This is Chinese culture, you know? Uh, nice. So, yeah, so this guy is making this rap song and it's all like, fuck foreigners and fuck you white guys coming to this town. And we were there in that moment. I remember like we're in a club and this song comes on. And strangely enough, that club was the same club Justin Bieber was at. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like a week ago. You know, so there's like VVIP and like VIP and I was fucking idiot white guys and this song comes on. I, I've never felt this alienated. Like, I'm South African. I know what racism is, right? So we're standing in the club. What's a why comes on. <laughs> Every fucking Chinese person looks at me. Because my friend James, he's not white. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like some Mexican-looking motherfucker. And partly Asian as well. And I'm standing there like... China, China, China. Made in China, the frog's wow. broth was great. Thank you, guys. See you later. <laughs> Justin Bieber was white. Fuck you. <laughs> mm, awkward. Okay. <laughs> you guys are going quiet. This is my life. This is my life. Oh, I love it. This is a great story, man. Dude. Um, being being dissed out in public by a Chinese rapper. The whole club went filled with Chinese people singing this Guala White song. <laughs> Fuck white people. And I'm the only motherfucking white dude. Uh, well, ironically enough, this is what I love about Africa. There's always an African dude somewhere. <laughs> always. Yeah, this is what I don't love about Switzerland. Always. There, there is always a Swiss person. Dude. It's insane. Every single time. Where, wherever you go. You In know, Japan, saw some Swiss guys. Totally. South Africa on Table Mountain. You know what's funny? Is that the Swiss people will look at the only other white people in the crowd and yeah. hope that they're Swiss. No, quite the opposite. No? Quite the opposite. Okay. So um, as soon as I see a mammoth jacket, <laughs> yeah, I go the other way. <laughs> I walk the like those those bags with the, the yeah. fox the Swedish fox bags. What Fuck me! Called? I just I just like oh no. Um, she went to study fucking. Your Asian girlfriend's like oh look at this other white people here. You can <laughs> bond and you're like they're wearing the mammoth jacket. I'm gonna go that way. <laughs> oh man! I'm gonna go the red light brothel street. <laughs> what I what I think's amazing about Swiss people when they go abroad is that is that they come back and. I've learned nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Harry, I usually would agree with you on this, but look at Christian, bro. 
Yeah, this but this is one of the most traveled Swiss people I've ever met. Yeah, but and I don't. I most, don't feel he's my favorite. I don't feel it's the travel that has changed, Christian. We what sh- is we it need to. Um, <laughs> I think it might be the podcasting. He's listened no, to all, so many podcasts. It, it's it's the travel. It's the gay roommate. It's your general <laughs> the intelligence. Gay, the gay roommate. It's your, yeah, it's the mo- fact that you're an amazing. Human it's being. mostly the life reset. That so you had to do. The, the life reset definitely, but that that goes hand in hand with the travel part. Yeah. It's your whole understanding of mm. life so, uh, shaped I have through a, something new. I have a great example of this because, so my youngest brother. <laughs> I love how humble you are. When we try wait, to compliment me, wait, you tell me how much we love you. You're like, no, 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 but this is about him. <laughs> this, 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 we is, love you. this is not about me. This is a great example of how travel changed my youngest brother's viewpoint about stuff in the world. So my, my youngest brother, he's... <laughs> Um, Dean is making out with the microphone. <laughs> I'm trying to pretend I'm sucking Krishna. Thank you very much for the compliments, Dean. Um, <laughs> I may come in your mouth now. <laughs> so, um, my, my youngest brother, he went on this journey. Um, he, he was traveling with his wife for three months in, uh, in Australia. They had like um, a bus and they were in the bush and they were like just all over. Uh, random places and we met up um at christmas around christmas time uh in melbourne in 2018 so we go i i take him to uh, a chinese place that i absolutely adore it's a place that serves xiaolongbao it's these um uh soup dumplings dumplings yeah and they are delicious and it's one of those places where you walk in and you see people behind glass just making these little dumpling things and the guy that runs the restaurant is just like a shouty prick yeah and you have to follow exactly Somebody everything everything that he says has to be followed to the t mm. so you walk in there it's like how many people it's like yeah it's just like four mm. of us can you say upstairs and then you have to I've go i've never heard him be racist before <laughs> I, I didn't do a racist Even now? No. Never have. But that was the closest you've come. Upstairs. Most likely. I, I think, think it's I just d- he's not good at impressions. I, I didn't do the voice. Prove us wrong. Be racist, go. Nope. Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was Christian, not Dean. <laughs> Shut up, white boy. Uh, <laughs> so, we go there. And my, my youngest brother... He's he's open to it. He, he wants to he wants to try something different. But we're also in Australia. We're not we're not in China. We we're in 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 the in the middle of, of Melbourne. And in Chinatown. In in Chinatown in Obviously. Melbourne. Well, Chinatown in Melbourne is a little bit different than Chinatown, say in London or whatever, because it's it's proper Chinatown. So it's um, Koreans can do China properly too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we're having this dinner and. Um, He's totally falling in love with it. Like there, there's heaps of stuff coming. The out. food or the waitress? Um, just the food. I'm always yeah. in love with the waitress. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. <laughs> you horny, horny prick. It, we could have made a, a like a gif out of Dean's face just then. <laughs> <laughs> How we went from straight to grin. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> okay, but um, we, we're having this amazing, amazing uh, food. And we're walking out of there and I think, okay, so he had this experience. Nothing will ever come of it. To this day, my brother goes like, 
we, sh- we should go to China. Wow. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, it clicked something. So yeah. it's, it, I, I know it's a very superficial thing to talk about like food and blah, blah, blah. And you want to experience culture through that. Mm. But um, I grew up in a family where food is something that's very important. Yeah. It's a part of bonding. Like, you know, like this is, this is where mm. people have conversations and, and yeah. good feelings about life. So that he kind of like attaches that experience to a, a willingness or an, and an awareness to, to so go it's like a yeah. sensory experience yeah it's a sensory yeah. experience yeah there's a there's a place a quick tip if you're ever in london there's this there's a place you used to go a lot when i was in called wonkies and that place is amazing for the they're famous for the rude stuff so when you walk in a group of four they'll go like you two upstairs you two sit there no way, and if you, you up? They, they'll do whatever shit you Fine. may get a table together yeah. but if you disobey yeah. You're getting the worst experience, and there's like really? there's like jizz and spit <laughs> in your food. I just realized that we told both those stories before on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So let me tell a different story of. Yeah, a, you're not sharing a lot of your travel experience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You not you don't like travel? Have you traveled? I've traveled. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been to Essex. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. I've traveled. I'm, I'm traveled. from the UK. I'm, I mean, I could tell a lot of stories. I guess the thing is, I'm, I'm. Well, I was just saying to Christian just now. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit off my mojo, so I'm not. I'm. I mean, it's the pizza. It's the pizza. Yeah, right? and it's life at the moment. Oh, but hey. the, I, so let me tell the story. Can I make you some frogs, bro? Yeah, that was. I would have. I would have eaten that. Yeah. Let me tell you the story of a, of a failed journey. Uh, uh, this is, and, and in retrospect, this is still like, you know, like in the Matrix, the red pill or the blue pill? Yeah. This is a moment where I took the blue pill. <laughs> Which is the blue? The blue is not to have your life changed no, whatsoever. you got to have to. Always so red. I was super excited from the age of 17 to go and visit Vietnam. It was like, for douchebag reasons, I'd read some Vietnam yeah. war novels. You were there, But that man. led into more more research. I found, like, every picture I saw of Vietnam, I'm like, this is the most beautiful country. I really want to go there. Finish university and start looking for jobs. And but I really want to go traveling, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I got two. I got I got a job offer for a contract. So those contracts in the UK, you get paid by the hour. Uh, it was a contract to be like a Unix system administrator. I knew I couldn't do it, but they were willing to give me a month, and they were paying like thousand bucks a day. What I'm like, fucking hell! Insane, insane Pro- contract vibes. Compa- yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm, this is going to suck dick because they're going to figure out very fast I can't do it, but I'm going to get a month of pay. This would pay to my trip to Vietnam. Yeah. And I was this close to deciding. A thousand pounds a day? And then I got a job offer for something that looked like a sensible job that I could ah. build a career on. Harry, I always chose, take the money, bro. I chose the blue pill. Can you mention how many prostitutes you could have bought? Fuck. And it's really a, it's really, re- yeah. Sorry, sex worker. My bad. It was really in retrospect, it was one of these moments where like, yeah, it was just like, like at that age, I like, if I'd had the right influencer in my life to be like, dude, you need to fucking do this. Yeah. I would have done it. But yeah. instead I chose. It would be amazing to see you in, in, if you had that experience. I think probably I wouldn't, would, I would have died of a drug overdose <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Would have just, just like gone just, this just horrible rock and roll opium in the fucking golden triangle exactly. somewhere, or 
I don't know. I'd like to think that like there's there's rumors of this like ginger bald guy you know, in the, the mountains, the alternate universe, who's leading yeah. leading a tribe. Yeah. <laughs> like I've gone. He'd be like a, one of those Russell Brand messiahs. Yeah. I've gone all apocalypse now on this. He's this like is a crowd of gingers lined up. In last scene in Cambodia. Gingers arise. <laughs> We're in Vietnam. <laughs> you weren't there. Let's have an orgy. Good, yeah. good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Fuck. Exactly. This is a red dawn. <laughs> oh, maybe. What was your most amazing travel mind-blowing experience? Like, what was the one moment you were like, fuck, this is a bigger world than I am, a bigger thing than I am. And this has put me into perspective of where I belong here and maybe culture shock and like, oh my God, okay. I get it. I get it. Is there is there some like wonderless moment that you've had? I had a few. Good. I had a few. Harry, this okay. is why you need to expand your mind a bit. Because you're struggling with this. No, no, no. I've got the thing is, there's a bunch of stuff I don't share, but I'll tell you one thing. Sure. South India, I'm at a certain place. I'm not going to talk about it too much. There were were three, four hundred people here. There were drums. It was a giant ritual. Chanting. Chanting. What was the ritual? It was a a female uh, kind of idol, like the idol of of femininity. Fertility. Uh, a f- yeah, a f- like kind of a fertility goddess. It was an orgy under the full moon. And you no, there was you no, can be honest. There was no sex involved. It was just a procession, yeah. uh, and and the just the feelings you get were just insane. It was like the only time I've ever experienced anything similar to that was in Finsbury <laughs> Park in London. <laughs> what <laughs> was a festival where they had these Kodo dramas? Not these assholes that come to the opera house in Zurich some real oh, Japanese damn. drummers <laughs> and we're in a giant crowd. They're beating the drums. And I just suddenly realized like, fuck, if someone goes, guys, grab your weapons. We're going to kill all those people over there. Like in the You're army, done. You I would fucking do it. I'm I know like, those moments. I was just like, fuck. you belong to something bigger. You're willing to do whatever it is. That yeah. You're just feeling energy that you don't. This is how religion exists. I guess. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love that feeling. This is how they catch you. Have you ever been like in a protest where like shit starts to become violent? Oh, of course. That's the same fucking, yeah. let's yeah. fucking kick this off. You realize it's what, how, versus them. Oh. how tense everything yeah. is. I want to smash something. I was and in, you will. And you remember Slobodan Milosevic? Oh, you, you remember him? Yeah. Why? yeah, yeah. I, One I night I when you had beer with him? <laughs> no, he. I couldn't w- say the name when I'm drunk. I was in. I was in Belgrade when when they kicked him out. But what? Yeah. In what? What was that? Ninety one. Yes. That was the year I was born. Probably ninety one. Yeah. That's in the middle of the war. Twenty nine years. No, ago. it was it was right after the war. Slob- things had settled down. Slobodan is now the boss in in Serbia, and he's this. He's a corrupt dictator, communist era style. Uh, we get there, there's like, it's a friend from university and who's Serbian. Uh, on TV, they're showing, it was bizarre. They were showing these like Soviet era political discussions where you have like the, the Politburo, they're all just talking boring shit. And then suddenly it just stops and the whole of Belgrade is just full of people. It's a peaceful protest though. There, there was amazing about it. I'm like walked around the city. There's just like no violence everywhere. Just everywhere, people just just like chilling out, standing. 
and then Slobodan Milosevic just left. I think I think also this was after Ceausescu in Romania. In that, Ch- that that one is a fascinating. Yeah. How they killed him. Yeah, that's not. But this this relates to travel and like your shape of perspective, right? Because I come from Johannesburg. Like during the apartheid, there was like local bombing, civil war vibes going on. Yeah. And there's like people that I've met here from Switzerland who been, you know what? I don't judge anyone, but they have the privilege of being, have a more secluded, proper lifestyle where the violence doesn't exist, which is what we're aiming to achieve. Yeah. You know, but these things do give you perspective, just like travel. They totally do. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember there was a conversation with me and one of my Serbian friends, uh, he, he was born and raised in Serbia during a time of bombings. And we were talking about like a, I think like a Christmas holiday or something. And there was someone who had never experienced this kind of violence or this level of destruction or whatever. They were like, oh, I had the worst Christmas ever and like I didn't get presents or something. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like someone got stabbed. And my Serbian friend's like, oh, I remember going into a bunker hiding from a bomb. You know, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is the moment. That's an escalation. This is a perspective thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, like, was, it was, I mean, this trip was bizarre. We went, we went up into these mountains in this area called Tara. We're walking along uh, this kind of cliff path. In one Serbia. Day. In, uh, yeah, in Serbia. Uh, we're looking over into, I think, into Bosnia. Yeah. And Fuck me that. And there's like a, this village that's everything just looks like a normal village, but there's no activity. And, mm. and my friend is like, yeah, that used to be a village full of people. They got ethnically mm. cleansed. Yeah. Just fucking bizarre, and but the but the also the mindset of of those people like like this. I knew a lot of Serbians that had come to London, and I met them at university. So their parents had sent them out of the country while this was going on, and the it's a really weird mindset when you come from a country like England or Germany, England especially, where basically we won all the wars we were in, <laughs> and the Serbians are much more that completely defeatist yeah. they're just like yeah we're you know we're a fucked up country and because they're just so used to being invaded and taken over that they have a whole rationale and mindset about justifying why they suck yeah. <laughs> which is which is seriously deep like you can't yeah. argue with it guys i think what like i know we start thinking oh yeah we should talk about travel and stuff but i think what we've kind of concluded at the end of it is like perspective this is what shapes you as a human being uh, at least this is what I've taken away from this episode. And what I recommend out of the, the message that I've had from it is like the more you kind of travel, the more ex- you experience different life perspectives, the better person you are. Like Christian, for example, he's a good fucking person because he's gotten out of Basel. Congratulations. Burn, motherfucker, yeah. burn. But I mean, like I've seen the... the like burn, the, motherfucker, burn. <laughs> burn, burn. Yes, you're going to yeah. burn. But even for me, like... Sorry. Like I often kind of like pride myself. I'm African. I've experienced real bullshit, you know, real violence, real trauma. But even that, like I've had my mind blown when I've kind of escaped that reality, seeing the most impoverished, you know, impoverished person um, burning in a shack fire to my rich aunt buying a child at the age of 50, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. But then also seeing like a Serbian guy running from bombs as a child or, some New Yorker who's never seen any kind of violence in their entire lives. Well, yeah, a New Yorker has yeah. seen, and a New Yorker has usually seen a bunch of violence. Unless it's usually they have more. Money. <laughs> you know, well, no, then specifically, a New Yorker has seen a lot of yeah. violence, especially if 
he has been part of the financial industry. <laughs> so but you, but yeah. you know the thing that uh, so, sorry, all Harry, my travels. Just, can I just finish my message? But I, I, I want to add to your message. Is oh, yeah, can you do it right here? The one thing that really broke my heart in was all it? the travels was was you know seeing seeing the kids of Bumplitz yeah. and uh, that <laughs> really that touched me deeply. What's Bumplitz? That That's where I'm from. It's a suburb of Bern. <laughs> Bern Bumplitz. <laughs> Go on, Dean. <laughs> These kids are just eating cheese and caviar and you just, whole lives. And you just go, there. someone needs to do something for oh, these kids. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Years of sexual <laughs> abuse. <laughs> no, my point is, is like, um, okay, quick tangent. I spoke to someone recently, um, no names. She had, she was doing cam, cam stuff. She was a cam girl. She also experienced a bit of pornography uh-huh. as like an OnlyFans kind of thing. And like some of her videos were leaked online and we we're chatting about it. She was like, you can't judge me. And I was like, listen, the more a person experiences life to the fullest, the more crazy shit that has happened, the better person you are. The best people I know, like you guys, we've gone through some fucking crazy shit. You have to kind of have that, you know, the trauma and the pain that makes you kind of have a perspective and develop your own viewpoint. Those are the best people. So if you're sitting here thinking these assholes are talking shits, um, you should probably travel to Africa or travel somewhere else and get a viewpoint on life. You know, and like I know people are listening here where they're like, oh, yeah, I can relate. There was a crazy thing that happened or I grew up here. Or I grew up there. I have a better opinion on life. So, yeah, um, this is what I appreciate the most, even though like the biggest conflict I have in my own mind is thinking no one should experience pain and trauma. Like this is not something I wish upon anyone. I want you to have a life of comfort and happiness. But those things don't shape us as a people at Absolutely. All. Suffering makes us better. But people. wishing that on someone is just the worst thing. I mean, but I want everyone to experience pain and trauma <laughs> so to have a better life. I, I kind of agree with you, which is why everyone listening to this should uh, try some anal sex tonight. <laughs> No, let me man. let me rephrase that <laughs> statement. Man that's, Harry's, that's Harry's joke. Christian, you do just, yours. Just... Because I was sincere for the first moment in a long give, time. Give the gift of anal to someone. No. <laughs> Stab someone in the leg. And let them. If you want to, if you want to experience pain, by the point when we are allowed to travel again, um, you will never ever be able to experience the pain of stepping on an EasyJet flight. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, I love EasyJet. Oh. Also, perspective, dude. Oh. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do you know EasyJet actually is zombie apocalypse? If you want to live it, that whole experience of like battling through to get a seat on dude. an EasyJet flight, EasyJet for me is first class travel. Seriously, anywhere in Europe for like under a hundred bucks, fucking sign me up immediately. So, I think what what I would. We want to say, <laughs> wrap this up because we're going to go, go on forever. For no, we got we're warming no. up now. This is a crazy yeah, thing. We could do another hour. I've done my message. You guys do yours. Um, uh, for, for me, it, it's not so much about the pain and suffering um, as such, but it's <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a, a go and get out of your fucking comfort zone because it took me a while. It took me a while to get to the point of actually travel. Um, and, and and try to experience this. So it's 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 a lot about kind of like not just doing this whole fucking um, glossy catalog kind of travel, but rather take a backpack, go somewhere and experience it a little bit. 
and a little bit more profound than just going to a hotel somewhere in an, in a desert in Dubai and and feeling like oh I've experienced the Middle East now fuck off like th- that's that's the most stupid thing that I've ever heard or people that go to fucking the Maldives and and think they have now seen the world that's fucking garbage go to go to an island in in Southeast Asia go to a place in Africa go to Jesus Christ South Africa is wonderful go and experience it and and have a chat with with people that live there and if preferably this is my best experience that I've ever had do it alone with locals yeah don't travel in pairs. Do not travel in groups. Go by yourself. Also, be safe. Be safe out there. But not too safe because we want to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> Harry, go for it, dude. Um, I don't know where to end this thing. I mean, I mean, on the, I mean, okay, I'll try and I'll do a, a, a short thing because when I, when I first left university, the travel bug hadn't even really started. Like, travel was not becoming mainstream uh, the lonely planet books had started hitting bookshelves and at this point they would still if you read a lonely planet book you could have a lonely experience 10 years later like you would not have a lonely experience from a lonely planet book uh the greatest thing i'm going to talk about something i read it was a, a book there was a, a a travel writer called bruce chatwin english writer eventually died of aids he wrote a beautiful book called Songlines about uh, about the Aborigines in South in uh, Australia, um, and then it goes off track because in the middle of the book he he gets diagnosed as AIDS, and it goes from being a travel book to being a reflection on his life. And the the most profound thing about this book was the the idea we have this idea it's life's about survival of the fittest. And he comes up with an explanation based on anthropology that says, no, it was never survival of the fittest. That's a fucking bullshit thing that we've made up in the last century. That, in fact, what made us survive as human beings was an external threat of a, of a, a certain type of uh, tiger that was preying on, preying on human beings is what led us to discover violence and, and strategy. And... Yeah. The long story short is that reading this book is called Songlines. Bruce Chatwin will make you feel a little bit more positive about the human race, even in these times of wokeness and uh, what is it? The opposite of woke is the uh, cut. No, the Q QAnon. You've got the you got the SJWs, you got the QAnon, you've got this insanity online. But, yeah, but that's that's the argument like pain and trauma causes perspective and life experience. Underneath all this, so we're, we're all humans and actually our deepest motivation is not to fuck each other up. And yeah. That's the most beautiful way to end a podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Harry. Thanks see, for listening. See you next week. <laughs>